The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are leaving iron, Mr. Stark? Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host for tonight, Rodicat, and you can find me at Rodicat on Twitter at that name. You can also find me at NewsNerdsNeed on Twitter. You can also find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Really need to find another thing. For that. But <laughs> I left that task to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. If you need, if you find it, uh huh, indeed. And that voice you hear can be the only one, or at least on this recording, who can answer this question. Is Brooklyn in the house? Without a doubt. One agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn. And what not with us uh, tonight is PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and his umbrella sites therein. And the Osiris of this ish, Tim, D O G G 9 8 on Twitter, CB Cron on Twitter, which is, of course, the Combo Book Chronicles uh, um, account there. The uh, Click Nation on Twitter, D K L I Q N A T I O N, and theclicknation.com. And of course, Combo Resources, where he's over there race, writing his face off. Also, probably doing a little bit of racing to get some of that writing done, but it's a whole nother story. Um, He's been apparently he's been doing a good bit because there's like there's probably good four or five bits of the news that we have tonight or, or from him that I really I didn't realize until earlier. Nice. So good on him for that. Um, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network. Do it today. CSPN.us, folks, if you did not know the site. And you can also find this podcast on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, along with a really great uh, the new uh, Gangstar album, by the way. And um, <laughs> this Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. I'm just saying the hip-hop has got to, we need the, the streets needed a new Gangstar. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, actually, there was something else that was on there. Um, but regardless, we'll get to that later. But first off, we're going to get into the comic books of the week. And we're starting off with the new X book of the week Fallen Angels number one, which is a similarly titled as an old, uh, as the same old um, book of that name, but not going strictly in the same direction that that one did. Right. It's just. A similar name only. And shout out to uh, Brian Edward Hill, a.k.a. Brian Hill, who is writing this, actually. Yes, former guest of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he shortened his name. for. I I think he he did say all reasons as to why, but he's pretty much going by uh, Brian Hill for most of his books nowadays. But getting into the book proper, um, 
we should go and say that if you're not up on the, um, it's not necessarily drama, but what's happened with Psylocke, especially uh, before coming out of uh, X-Force number one, or mm, Excalibur, excuse me, number one. Excalibur, right. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to X-Force number one in a second. But right. um, uh, then, yeah, there's there's there may or may not be some confusion going on. Uh, right. The, very quickly, I was going to say, hold that thought. Sure. I would just remind uh, um, all those listening and watching on YouTube and uh, and 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 uh, catching up on um, their X history. Uh, the character of Psylocke has had a lot of changes done to her uh, over the course of her history, and we are delving into um, a lot of the character's history in both Excalibur and here in Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going back to um, the introduction of the Ninja Psylocke from the Acts of Vengeance storyline from way back when with the Mandarin and Matsuo Surabaya and the hand. Um, and there's a little bit of some stuff that happened um, uh, pre legacy virus and post legacy virus, because that's wh- another place where the two separate halves um, were coexisting for a while. So now we're, we're back to a state where um, Psylocke, the body of Quanon and Beth Elizabeth Braddock are two separate people. Yep. And apparently now so the, the part that I did not sure that I wasn't aware of. And plus, like I said, I'm not uh, on their splitting or their resplitting, I guess, right. uh, was that was she again? I think I've already asked this question. Was Quanon already a mutant and did she already have similar powers to Psylocke? I was this don't recall. I was about to say, I don't recall, but I think what ended up happening is that there was some transference. I could that's be wrong. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, that's what right. I was guessing because I was like, wait, because, this doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense, but because they oh, have because, the same body. Yeah, I was about to add because from my, my from my recollection, I didn't have a chance to do the old school uh, double checking uh, internet re- um, research. So don't call me out on this, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, on the interwebs. I kind of did, but actually, I, there, there's specific reason why i just wanted to go back and just read what happened in the splitting sure well what i was gonna the only thing i was gonna add uh is that she i believe died by the legacy virus died from the legacy virus so um you know that only affected mutants so sure but well yeah exactly and since well well she's on krakoa now obviously and she's got the similar powers as silent so yeah so the whole transference thing kind of checks out unless something else happened and uh, which in this issue we do get a what seems to be i'm again i am not very neither one of us are, are well versed on some of that stuff so what seems to be or we have forgotten <laughs> well there is that too i mean over there, the course of many years there is also that because yeah we have gone through a lot of many years and a lot of many books like the one x person we know for a fact who would possibly know would be tim and you know he's not here tonight so um even if he knows actually now to think about it but Regardless, um, there may seem to be, and I don't want to use this word lightly because it it can very much can be overused, retcon of some past history of Quanon. Maybe. Like, it may right. be kind of rehashing stuff that though we just did not know. Right. We're not sure. And and uh, it seemed new to me when, we were, when, when, I, when I read this issue. Right. Some of the stuff uh, that kind of, especially in the middle of the book, seemed like it might have been yeah. new, but, you know. It seemed new to me, but as you said, I may have already forgotten this. So, mm-hmm. 
Because, yeah, because from what I remember, it's like, okay, she was kind of young-ish, but not like, you know, like teenage young, but she was kind of on the youngish side. So some of the stuff that was the revelation in this book seemed rather new in, in a certain a certain standpoint. Regardless, um, we start off the book with a what seems to be a, a prophetic uh dream or nightmare that Quanan has. Um, we find out she's taken up the name of Psylocke and that uh, she's apparently not. She's pretty much going the opposite route of uh, Betsy in that, you know, which we find out in Excalibur that Betsy doesn't want to be called Psylocke anymore. We now know why, I guess, partially. Um, and that uh, Quanan is wanting to go by Psylocke now and uh, issuing the name of Quanan for reasons in this issue. Um, again, we also get a, a, a few bits of her past that kind of plays into her um, her current mental state or her current state, I should say, which kind of mirrors some what of some something that Psylocke, uh, Betsy Braddock was going through uh, some years ago where she was kind of feeling some sort of way you know, uh, about this one, the state of the world and, you know, her place in it and her willingness to kill in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. So some would argue that that came from Quanan. I guess if they're reading this, we again, we don't know, but regardless, um, so that leads her into seeking out some help into getting off the Island, which this comes after, um, the events of X-Force number one, which if you uh, don't know what happened at the end of that, I don't want to spoil it to you. Something happened uh, at the end of that, that put the Island of Krakoa on lockdown and therefore no one can leave with the exception of probably Kitty Pride, who's probably already off the Island because she can't get on there and her crew who can go freely. Um, so she goes to Magneto of all places. Cause you know, again, events being what they were, who's like, eh, nah, not, not, I'm not going to sit here and give away the whole book, but just some, just some groundwork as to how it plays out into some continuity. Um, you know, so it's, it's that whole thing is like, well, I'm not, I can't officially let you go, but you'll find a way, you, you know, there's a way to do it. And which leads her to off on a mission to figure out what's going on with this dream that she had in the beginning of the book, which right. causes just her a, to go to a couple of people. Right. I, I would just, the only thing I would add, and just to kind of clear up how, I guess the premise of the book, which kind of occupies, you know, my notes, you know, my, my notes are basically my, my take on this book, which is that the book occupy occupies a weird space mm. in this X book, in this new land of X books. Kind of. And, um, it's, you know, the, 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 the premise is that Psylocke is, um, you know, is, is experiencing, uh, visions, a dream of either stuff that is happening now or stuff that happened in the past or a little bit of both. Right. And that's essentially the, the starting point for the story. Well, and and from, from what they say later on in the story, it seemed like it had already happened in the recent past. Right. But from, the point being that that's the, that's the impetus for her uh, trying to, you know, embark upon an investigation and recruiting at least two characters to uh 
to uh, to go with her. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see on the opening page that uh, one Captain Britain is also listed as a, a potential character in the story. So we'll see how Betsy is involved going forward. Not now, in this issue, though. Right. So, well, see, you know what? I've started to take that as like basically, hey, here's the people who are showing up in the book, not necessarily on the team. But again, where we've seen that's not necessarily the case and you're probably more you might be more right than not right we shall see yeah um yeah this is not really there's a new drug out there that's you know it's like computerized sex packets as i said in my notes but not necessarily for for sex shout out digital on the ground Hmm. um but i don't know if what you're thinking it might be similar to what i'm thinking is that there might be an overlap in teams with this because this kind of feels like another x-force team to me um because they're because the, they, their mission is not necessarily above board uh and, and if you think about it x-force would probably have taken on a, a mission like this given you know I, right. I guess, well, we don't, we're, we're, you know, we're obviously very, very early on in the dawn of X, so we don't know yet. Um, I'm just hazarding a guess, but it seems like X-Force is kind of the, you know, and, and the way I've, I've read it, um, I've read it uh, uh, described in some of the interviews is um, they're, they're a little bit of a mix of the intelligence and the military branch of sure. Krakoa. Sure. And, and Fallen Angels is... I think a very, uh, I don't know if it's even an X-Force type story because this seems to be very, at this point, seems to be very focused on um, uh, Psylocke. Right. So, well, yeah, there's clearly... We a, 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 yeah, right. we shall see what um, what purpose this this uh, team, if it has one, after, you know, the first uh, several story arcs. Right. I mean, the difference is, like, there was that time, and, and technically X-Force may still be in, in that, in that, but there was that one time, the one or two times where X-Force was basically the, you know, the, 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 the Wetworks team. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not, this is kind of that, but not necessarily that, because this is more of a, um, not necessarily revenge-driven uh, team, but there's definitely something personal in this team. And whereas, you know, X Force is like, hey, these these are the threats to mutants, and we got to take care of it. Before, you know, right. you know, off the board um, type of situation. Even though this one is partially that, uh, if the scope of it is what it is, um, there's not really much else to say about that. Um, right. It's about you know, at the end of the day, it's about whether or not we're willing to follow along. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. This is always one of the Dawn of X books that I was a little shaky on. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked some of the stuff that, uh, Brian Hill and Simon Kadran- uh, is that his name? Kadransky? Sure. Go with that. Yeah. Kadransky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that, that, that he pulled off, uh, with the, with the art, you know, it's very moody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely, uh, some quirk to it. So, it's 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 kept me uh on for probably another issue or two so let's see where this goes right i think the only other thing i can say about that is like as a i guess i could say i was a fan of the original run of fallen angels which was basically the um the x teens at the time or a mixture of x teens at the time who i guess ends up ended up being the exterminators uh partially and 
Yeah, it was like was, Rusty Skids. Yeah, and a couple other folk. Yeah, it was like mostly those, the X Factor kids and uh, a couple other people. Um, and this was, and it was falling out of an event. I think it was uh, Inferno, as we, we, we mentioned earlier before the right. show. But, and, you know, it was only a miniseries. And wait, and I think actually Fallen Angel was a Sunspot. I, I think Spot played a role as well, but yeah. it's been a long time since I looked at it. Yeah, same here. But regardless, it was just basically, um, dare I say, misfit team of mm-hmm. mutants. But it wasn't so much of a scene. They're just th- that was also was kind of on a personal mission that was kind of going coming out of whatever event that was uh, off of. So in respects, that is similar to this. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, the last thing I'll say about that was like I know there was not necessarily some contention, but um, I remember seeing something on Twitter between not between, but Brian Hill, who's writing this book, and Tenny Howard, who is writing Excalibur, had their opinions on the whole Psylocke thing. Okay. Not necessarily butting heads with each other because the, you know they they basically had you know someone I think asked. Brian Hill specifically, and I think may have asked her about, you know, their treatments of the whole Betsy Quanon thing. Okay. And I think Brian Hill says something is like, well, you know, it's just, you know, he defers to her on, on what she's doing and, you know, he's doing his thing basically. So it wasn't really nothing to it, but that was something that was kind of made me curious about this book and, and, you know, what's going on in Excalibur, because obviously, you know, there was that one panel of Quanon showing up. Which I guess could have led into this. We don't. We don't even know. But because there was a similar situation from the other side of it, right? If you think about it. But it, but that scene didn't necessarily play out the, the same way. So, you know, timeline things. To, uh, that's something that's going to be of interest to me if for at least the arc uh, of this book. And I guess Excalibur too, but who, who knows how much that's going to play there or here. All right. So that being said, we can get to the other X book of the week, uh, X-Men number two, which um, as Agent 70 and I both did read this book before Fallen Angels, which if you've been keeping track of the reading order in the back of the X books, Fallen Angels comes first. Um, and both of us ignored that completely. Now, that's not to say that it's going to mess with your enjoyment or any of the continuity of reading out of order. Um, because X, it doesn't really like in this, Fallen, in this case, it didn't really affect too much. Exactly. Because fallen angels does definitely come out of X factor, uh, X force that, which came out last week, but there's only mention of stuff from X force and that, and the only mention of X force came out of, you know, the first page where there where there was the recap, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Fallen Angels, Fallen Angels definitely said, you know, touches upon what happened in X-Force in the midst of it. That being said, I enjoyed this issue because it was a nice little romp between, and the way they, the way it was written, it was like, hey, we're just gonna it's almost like, hey, we're just gonna go on a nice family outing when, with this island that, island that is um, heading towards Krakoa. We gotta see what it was, and it's basically Scott Rachel and Cable, or Teen Cable, I guess you could call him just nowadays, or he's Cable, whatever, because he's the only one. Yeah, I was about to say he's the only Cable. So yeah, so but it was it was it was I enjoyed it for that because it was just like yeah, just matter of factly, you know, talking like a family, and while they're going on this mission, you know, dad and two and the two kids, 
you know, they, and then of course of the mention uh, uh, of the mission, Scott's like, "Hey, you ever been to Hawaii?" You know, it's like, "Hey, you should go." Matter of fact, I'll take you there. Matter of fact, I'll take you someplace. Like it was just that kind of stuff going on while they're in the middle of this mission and to intercept this island and see what was going on. Uh, and during the course of this, we find out that it calls back to something out of House of either House and or Powers of X with um, something that came up with Krakoa's origin. And uh, in relation to Apocalypse. So, you know, that's going to be a thing that's uh, apparently, I don't know if it's going to be the first arc or this just, you know, because this is like the first technical mission uh, of the Xbox. Or, or the main Xbox, I should say. Um, right. So getting into what happens in this book it's a little out of left field for pretty much anyone who has been reading kind of yeah uh, which is why i said what i said yeah the you know it's a little out of left field because uh we we run into this field trip and what you know and it's and it's brought upon um the x-men because uh things are literally moving and um what they what they find is that there is another landmass um, that is having a certain effect on Krakoa, and they have to investigate. And what do they find on well, this I other landmass? Like, like I said, it was moving towards Krakoa, and that's yeah. why it was trying to in- intercept it. But so, which the resolution of that was 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 amusing. Well, I was going to say that I think it was I think it was the that uh, they kept saying that Krakoa was was moving towards it. To be honest, but I could be wrong. Um, but, um, but in any event, uh, you know, yeah, that, that has an interesting resolution, but they also run into a certain character and the interactions between the, this, uh, I guess a new character and, uh, cable, this new youthful slash, um, kind of jerky cable cable shot um, first. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm sorry. Cable shot first. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, he definitely set it up so that he would shoot first. So, uh, you know, th- this particular interaction was pretty uh, was pretty interesting. I wasn't a hundred percent sure I was on board with uh, Hickman's um, characterizations of these characters, but none of them sound a hundred percent like they used to, and that's definitely uh, uh, Hickman's influence on the story going forward. Well, and I think going off of that, I think we have established well before now that Hickman's not interested in, well, we say that, I don't know, but I mean, the the voices of the past of these characters are no longer valid to a point. Like, yes, they're, 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 uh, their personalities are still kind of there, but at the same time, like, the way they've been written in the past is, is not going to be the same way they're they're written here because of all of the events leading up to it. Right. It just sounds weird. Yeah. You know, just reading it, reading it from these it. character perspectives. Mm. So I liked but, it though. Uh, well, it's different, you know, and the whole point is that it's a new direction. So, but at the end of the day, what you have is this, um, what, what you have is this, uh, introduction of a character who has ties to apocalypse of all people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, moving forward, we'll see how this new um, landmass and uh, apocalypse are all interconnected. 
well, we've already seen Krakoa and the landmass already interconnected. Q's mark from ah, day. Ah, 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 <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I was like, wait a second, I'm in between this and this. <laughs> oh, I'll take the first one, so that's fine. It's but, a little in between. <laughs> like, oh. uh, and though, so the weirdest part of it for me was that. Especially when Scott, uh, when Scott comes to the kids and it's like, "Hey, I'm, we're going to take on this mission to that other place we don't normally speak of," which I'm like, "Well, what is he talking about? Because the only other island, the other only place outside of the Savage Land is Monster Island." So at first, I was thinking, "Okay, well, they're going to Monster Island," but then once you get into it and we find out that this is that it's that island that was mentioned, or this was something that came out of what was mentioned in. in uh, House of po- you know House of Powers of X, then yeah okay that's something, but hey, um, and the only other thing I could note here, and this is just a personal thing that um, Scott gets answered a question by this this new old um, person that they come across, um, which kind of answers a question for me, sorta, uh, coming out of. Um, uh, house, house, and house, and powers of because there was a certain dynamic that's been classically um, played about with, and probably still could be here that we thought got into a certain place, which still could very well be. Um, and I think this was Hickman answering that because there were some there was some theories as to possibly uh, um, a not necessarily a threesome, but a poly V with uh, Gene and Wolverine. That could still very well be, but he kind of answers part of it. I was about to say we still have to find out more. Exactly. I'm like, I'm just you know just just putting just putting some stuff in the air. That's all I'm saying. There's, there's no there's no um, confirmation of anything at this point. But it was just amusing to see that. I was like, that was a weird question to come up for you know for seemingly. Well, in relation to the story, it makes sense once you get to the end of the thing. But at the same time, right? Like, you finally understand what the what the resolution is to, uh, but you felt like there was more to the land masses. Exactly. Right. But you felt like there's more to the question than, than just what ends up coming of it. So like I said, I enjoyed this issue for, for everything around it. And I, and I, I'm kind of digging the, the way the, the voices are coming out. I'm like, yeah, I know it sounds weird given how they classically are, but at the same time, they're not coming from the same places they used to. And that's why I think, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get that part. Because if they were coming from the same place where they used to, they would probably still be talking the same way, you know, as you, you said you used to. But being that they're not and things are where they are now, that's why they're that's why they have a different voice than what they normally do. That's probably gonna change. We'll see. Still sounds odd. You know, it, it, uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of folks um and I, I think we've even touched on it in the past about the uh, the cult like uh um, the cult like mm. uh, uh, interactions oh, and um, one, yeah, and, and exchanges that we've gotten, yeah, all sounded a little off. So it's just a continuation of that. So, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I I'm more and more disagreeing with that. That it's off. It's just that no, it's just the state they're starting off with because they're not coming from the way they used to be able to talk. Like they're coming from where where are we? They're still they're not coming from being the the um the downtrodden always put upon not put upon but always you know hated mutants which they still are so to a point probably 
Well, there's no problem about it, given X Force, but you know, they're coming from a different place because they there's the things have been, that's been set up in House of House and Pox of give them a new status. So and therefore, you know, like I said, well, like I just said, it kind of gives them a, a new way to come off because of that. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely for a long time readers. I'm sure it will definitely be jarring because you're not used to hearing them like this. Yeah, shout out to Patty Labelle and New Attitude. <laughs> exactly, uh, but they're in right. a place of peace now, so you know, or a sort of peace. So yeah, different Fred voices. Marlin. Much next. All right. Um, Agents of Atlas. Sure. Um, Agents of Atlas number four. That wasn't necessarily the cleanest place to go into, but that's right because we're already. <laughs> We're already off of my uh, the way I read this. Um, pardon. I don't know. This was I. I'm continuing to enjoy this book. There was a part of this book that kind of, um, and I'm pretty sure it was very much a coincidence. That kind of reminded me of a real world event that happened. I was like, wow, did Pac know something like this was going to happen? But before he wrote it, or. Nah, it's probably just something that was going to happen in the course of what was going on in here anyway. But outside of that, we get to see, you know, Amazeus starting. Oh, you mean what was on the screen? Wait, what now? What what you what you're referring to? Like the real world thing that was happening on the screen? Uh, no, something that happened in the book um, with. So basically, the so they're the giant own, men or no 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 oh okay because no. that's what I thought you were referring to. I'm like in the real world, like we talking about that young Avengers thing in that um uh what call it in uh, I forget what South South American country it was now, but um oh no 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 not that not oh, that. Okay. no 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 so another real world thing yes 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 there was a thing with a cop that was stopping a dude f- for eating on a, a um on a train or, or near a train terminal or bus terminal, whatever it was. And there was a similar situation that kind of, that almost kind of played out like that in, in the course of this book. Oh, I see. Okay. So, but like I said, that's just something when you're in a situation as this, something like that was going to happen. So it, I, that was purely coincidence. I'm fairly certain because he would have had right. to known about this happening months in advance. And this just happened right. within the last week. Right. So, so, so it's more, so the, uh, the, the, the coincidence that you were referring to actually works towards the, um, that, that scene between, uh, giant man and, and, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Ikeda, Isaac, oh, Ikeda. Yeah, Isaac Ikeda. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, you know, like, well, we've got, I didn't think about that, but yeah, I guess so. You know, yeah. We've got another instance of it. So, I mean, what I'm referring to is, um, you know, relationship stuff is afoot in mm-hmm. Pan during this uh, during the series, and um, a couple things pop up where we see the mystery surrounding Pan and the Atlas Foundation kind of deepen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one exchange in this that I thought was really well done, and it's actually between Wave and Luna Snow. And it refers to yes. Uh, it refers to the fact that Amadeus, in the previous issue, found a way to get um, a stipend from the Atlas Foundation to be paid to the members of the agents of Atlas, right. uh, who were uh, by and large not coming from very, uh, very. Um, They're definitely well coming from different yeah, right. statuses, yeah, social so, statuses, and financial so, statuses also. 
so ultimately he ended up um figuring out a way to get them all stipends so that uh they wouldn't all be you know dead broke and wave and luna snow who are coming from very different economic strata uh have a pretty telling conversation about uh about you know about the haves and the have-nots and mm-hmm. where they're coming from in their personal backgrounds right yeah, I actually enjoyed that part. It was like, okay, I was, yeah, because uh, cause Luna was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think of, you know, wasn't even thinking about, you know, that because, you know, in real life, that's how people, <laughs> there are people that are like that, you know. Right. Um. So, but yeah, like you said, you pretty much said the whole thing, but the, the, I do like seeing the, the fact that Amadeus, you know, is seemingly getting more comfortable in his leadership role in this issue. Because you're just like, all right, we got to start doing some stuff. So then he just started start sending folks to do whatever. And I feel like he's, I'm, it's not like it's not known, but the, the part he asked uh, when he was asking um, Silk about Raz, a.k.a. Giant Man. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the part I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was along with him on that part. Because he basically asked him, like, he's going to get hurt, isn't he? I'm like, eh, we don't know, but I think we do know. <laughs> I, I feel that way. I don't know. It may not be the case. I feel like, and and I guess you know, there, there's really only so much to to, to say about the, this issue because we are still in the midst of trying to figure out uh, what the deal is behind Pan and uh, and uh, Mike Mike Gwynn, um, the uh, the proprietor behind this whole uh, you know Pan City. So um, <laughs> one thing that. Uh, I wanted to mention before we moved on is that I think uh, Greg Pak is doing a decent job of keeping all of these characters involved. Yes. And it's funny that even I kind of lost track of some of the characters that are technically a part of this group of agents of Atlas and seeing uh, characters filter in and out of the story um, and, 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 uh, him putting them to some use is pretty, you know, it, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, he does a pretty good job of it. It's pretty deft because uh, it's easy for a cast of characters like this. Um, that's kind of, that, that's really wide ranging. You know, it's got a lot of age range and power range as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot, it's easy for some of these characters to get lost in the shuffle, but I think he's done a pretty good job to this point of making sure that the spotlight shines on everyone, at least for a little bit. Well, and it kind of makes sense anyway, because remember, this is a miniseries, which ends next issue. Right. So, you know, you kind of have to use use all the folks you got, you know, for as long as you got them. So, yeah, so definitely his use was deaf, but it's also kind of necessary, you know. I would say that uh he's setting up for probably yet another miniseries from I would the hope way, so. Yeah, from the way it seems to be going, because we went very quickly from the War of the Realms Agents of Atlas into this series. So my hope is that they're going to announce another series soon. Or at the very least, I wouldn't mind, which I don't know if he would be up for it, you know, make it ongoing. Just go straight up into it, you know? But I don't know it all depends, right? It all depends on what the what, you know uh, what what kind of uh, support they're able to get. Unfortunately, we know how that goes sometimes. Yeah, especially uh, yeah. So yeah, it it so far is doing better than Black Panther and the, and the crew. Yes, I'm gonna keep going back on that. 
That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but speaking of Black Panther and the crew, uh, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, number three. There's a transition for you, ain't it? Um, I actually didn't intend to do that. So we get a... Okay, so I, I am going to admit that when I saw that there was going, there was a flashback to Avengers No Surrender, and, it's, and it says so in my notes that I was like, okay, well, clearly we know somebody's going to show up from that series who's who's was pretty much a part of that and the, the other Avengers one. Turns out, didn't happen yet. Uh, assuming this person ever shows up at all. But there was definitely a flashback to uh, something that Avengers No Surrender, something I didn't even think about at the time. So if, you don't, if, if you're not aware, Avengers No Surrender uh, was the, the Avengers miniseries from last year or earlier this year. It was earlier this year, actually, I think. I don't think about it. Um, where the Earth got kidnapped. The one part of that that didn't get thought of by, I don't think, anybody, or apparently, except for uh, whoever wrote this. Wait, who's writing this book? Zub, I think. Some, uh, yeah, Jim's up writing this book was what happened to the moon during that time because obviously with the earth gone the, the moon doesn't have anything to revolve around. Apparently that gets answered in this book. Um, you know, because otherwise you'd be like, oh, comics. Which mm-hmm. clearly we were because nobody thought about that point. Um, but anyway, something ends up happening on the moon where the agents of Wakanda end up uh, investigating and uh, it comes out to be there's something a little bit bigger going on here. But, and there is a newer recruit to uh, the agents, apparently. And it's not the person that I thought of. In fact, it was somebody that I, I was happy to see, but didn't expect. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Do you, wait, you did read Spoiler. I did read this. Okay. Mockingbird shows up, folks. I love it. You know, welcome back, Bobby Morris. Exactly. When I saw her, because I saw her, I was like, Bobby! You know. So, um, and of course, you got to get the obligatory. Um, I, I was married to, to Hawkeye joke in there some kind of way, and that did happen. So they they got that out of the way. Um, but yeah, like I said, they um, they they set it up to where she. It seems like she's definitely going to be a part of the group because coming into it, she was like, eh, I don't know about this, but you know, given what's probably going to happen in the next issue, she's probably going to be on board. They probably needed at least another field agent because mm. uh, I wonder who they're going to slowly phase out of uh, at least field operations. I see. This is it. I'm not sure if they are. Like it seemed like to me, there's just going to be. It was always meant to be some a rotating cast of agents. Um, because if you think about it, the last mission, had like you know uh, Fat Cobra Wasp and like the only constant was like Okoye in in all of this and, and Black Panther. Like if anything, Black Panther might be might be going off and then just leaving it to Okoye to 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 feel. Have they here. always had that question mark new recruit? On that no, first that's what I'm saying. That, no, no, because yeah, because the last issue was they had everybody who showed up. They they guess they wanted to keep what I suppose Mockingbird's uh, recruitment as you know as a mm-hmm. surprise until you were getting to reading it. Which makes sense because if you think about it, you read those pages and like, oh, well, clearly this person's going to be in this book, so you know, no surprise there. But this was a, a pretty welcome surprise by that. So that was a pretty good use of that, I would say. Um, outside of that, like I said, some things happen on the the moon, and the team kind of gets into uh, a, a little bit of trouble, and uh, leaving one person to their own 
devices, which again, like I said, will play out um, play out in the next issue. So it'll be good. And actually, there's a weird, not necessarily a weird mirror, but I guess they're they're similar structure because if you think about Agents of Atlas, they have white to, uh, white fox. And in her, um, they kind of did a similar thing. Well, they didn't do a similar thing, but, you know, with her origin, you know, they kind of, um, you know, basically say, hey, this is why we need her, you know, and and this, you know, this week's issues of um, this week's issue of uh, Agents of Atlas also kind of bore that out. So, like, hey, what team doesn't need a spy, you know, or two or three because, you know. Right. I mean, l- listen, at the end of the day, what we have with this, you know, with this Agents of Wakanda team is the support staff for uh, uh, the was it the Celestial Base. That's how they originally termed it. But, sure. uh, you know, they're off doing their own thing in the absence of S.H.I.E.L.D. So um, uh, I, I guess the, the only thing I was going to just add just very briefly is uh, it's kind of freaky that um no one noticed that uh, uh, the moon was the way it was. It was spongiform before now. Well, I mean, hey, well, actually, the other question was like, wait, we know there are some people living on said moon at this time. So why they didn't notice? Yeah. So it's a little on the weird side, but, you know, it's comics. Right. Or it's a different. Well, I don't know. See, again, continuity and time frame. We don't know when this is being based. Like they could be like, oh, no, this happened before that stuff kind of got situated or they could play it all kind of different ways, you know. So it is. But it is kind of I thought about that, too. It was like, well, wait, we somebody would have noticed this by now, you know. So but yeah, it is what it is. Either way, either way, it was a pretty good issue. Um I think that's pretty much. Oh, the only other thing is, hey, T'Challa's passwords are pretty easy to to guess at this point. If you um, yeah, if you if you know of his relationships, yeah, which I, I found kind of funny. I was like, okay, we we, we see you, sir. we we see you, sir. We yeah, see we see you. where your mind is. Uh huh. So so I got a, a good um a good uh, chuckle out of that. But from that, um, where you want to go, sir? All yes. right. Uh, stay the cosmic, uh, or you want to go? Yeah, I was about to say we can stay with the cosmic because there's a, a a a pretty fun cosmic book out this week. It's Guardians of the Galaxy number eleven. Yes, so it's actually a potential click of the week for me. Hmm. Um, you, you know, just very briefly before we get into the uh, into and get in depth on it, the Universal Church of Truth has never controlled this many superpowered beings, and true. it all will fall down fall. Uh, fall upon the shoulders of Rocket to save the day. Yeah, and who's also in his own finite state, let's just say, um, go coming into this. Uh, yeah, he's uh, more resource light than than he was coming into this at the end of this issue. So, and plus, right. his, thanks to all the superpower beings that are under control, under the control of the Universal Church. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, yeah. Which, um, if you, I don't know you saw the um, the the page at the end of the book with uh, that shows the upcoming stuff. So I'm assuming whatever's going to happen because we do know this book. I think we said it, this book is ending at twenty, right? So it's going to see that that um, that uh, the new wave of annihilation stuff. I assume that's coming uh, next month, right? Or later this month. 
Well, yeah, Stark Nate is more given what was in the, the, at that back page, but yes, definitely. So some of this stuff is definitely is go, probably going to be spilling over into that. At least that's what it's reading as anyway. So and may or may not be whatever the heck's happening with Rocket because of the recent issues, including this one. Um, because they have been teasing, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. We don't know if it's actually going to happen. They've been teasing a death of Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. which, you know, if they were going to actually do that, they've been kind of drawing that out a little bit more. But, you know, I don't know. Not everything is always what it seems, and he's not a mutant, so he ain't coming back. Um, which actually reminds me of something that I forgot to mention in Fallen Angels, but don't, I'm not even going to worry about it right now. But you know, I feel like this, you know, we'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, Goblins was pretty good. Um, there was a bunch of people that we hadn't seen in, well, not a bunch, but there was a couple of people we hadn't seen in a minute that showed up. Um, and as of going back to what I just said about the stuff at the back page, we, it looks like we're some, it's a lot of stuff from the cosmic end of the universe is going to be coming back together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, including, um, a lot of people from the very first issue of this volume. Right. Just very quickly, um, I had always been under the impression that uh, Guardians was ending sooner rather than later. And I don't want, I just want to make sure that we don't have our stories crossed because uh, the series is being rebooted in January with Guardians number one. That's when they're getting at the, Al, that's when Al Ewing and Wonka Ball are starting it. So then that, so that's going to be the last issue. Okay, so the, where did we get 20 from? Not sure. I think it was just we were just misreading something. Maybe. Um, so uh, I just so that we're not missing, you know, we're not continually um, getting keep the emails off. out of gotcha. I got stuff. Way to keep um, the emails off. Not that we yeah. get any, but, um, but yeah, okay, that, that, is, that is true. Um, but yeah, but, but what we said about the stuff coming out of going into um, um, the, um, the national nation thing that's coming up is definitely still the case. And I assume that new number one, which, Hey, in garden, true guardians fashion, it will probably, <laughs> you know, will play into that heavily. Uh, yes. Cause yeah, that's what they tend to do. They <laughs> tend to do, they tend to come out of those big events, especially annihilation. Cause that's how the, the, the current iteration or the, the, the MCU slash current iteration of the guardians came from. Absolutely. So, Hey, you know, I remember it. Well, I vaguely remember it. Kind of scary how long ago that was. I never read. I, I will say this again. I've never really read um, uh, Annihilation. Like I did read Guardians coming out of it, sort of, which is kind of hard to do considering it's so tied to uh, Annihilation, mm-hmm. especially coming in and out to the whole that whole series. So I do remember reading a few issues, but I was more of the the classic Guardians folk. No, of course, of course. Alrighty. So uh, President Bartlett, what's next? Ooh, I think we might be good for uh, heading into rapid fire, unless you got invaders real quick. Okay, yeah, sure. So what I like about this issue, and it feels like this has all been leading up to the whole name more thing has all been leading up to this issue. This is the issue uh, that has the heart to heart, uh, you know, uh, talking to no other book, including cap and Avengers could tell, you know, this is strictly an invaders tale about not leaving your war buddies behind and dealing with, you know, um, you know, there's a certain bond that, um, 
that uh, uh, that veterans have with uh, members of their units, that's and um, that's something that they really couldn't explore in the pages of Cap or the pages of the Avengers, despite the fact that Namor definitely had um, uh, 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 what you call it a story in, in Avengers was yeah, almost, a, at the it, beginning of the run, right? Right. It's almost as if they did that to set this up for, for right, uh, Zdarsky. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, but yeah, so what this is, so I'm, so I'm gonna go, just going to read off my notes real quick. Um, fanfic cover gives way to AO3 Dreams. If you know what AO3 Dreams, uh, AO3 is, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, flashbacks. And I'm like, wait a second. When I read that, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's was okay. Like, what? If you know, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, flashback to right after Steam came back, after Namor threw Cap away to be found in the first place, assuming that's still canon, because they, they didn't bring that up in here, but, you know. Well, neither I, of them remember. Well, there is, that is also true, <laughs> but, um, I know, right? See, that was that's the kind of thing I want to see. It was like, yeah, man, I was I was in a certain place and I threw this big chunk of ice into the water. I'm like, wait a minute, where'd you throw it? So you, you know. tell me you're the one that I can, so it's because of you, I got found in the first place. Oh, and there was a bro hug there. That's again, you know, fanfic dreams. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, cap lets his shield down because, you know, we we're used to seeing shield. I mean, we used to seeing cap in a certain way, you know, being the rallying force and, you know, all upbeat, but he kind of lets that down just to, just to tag with a uh, name you know, one of the only other people who would understand him in a certain light. Right. Because being you know, war buddies, like you said, exactly. Like other than, other than Bucky, there's really no one else. So, right. so that was a, like, like this was a all around pretty, it used to be, I was about to say just very quickly, it used to be Nick Fury, but they've done so much to that character. Well, yeah, that, that character is yeah. not even that character anymore. He's again, right. speaking of people who are on the moon, who should, should have seen some stuff going on. Exactly. But you know, they haven't really used too much of that lately. So anyway, um, uh, there's some Xavier blame going on there. You know, there's Neymar owns up to his, some, some of his stuff, but then later goes back to his old self, you know, and, and cap calls him out on it. Like that whole, this whole issue was really good just on uh, exposition point, you know, and I, the, the, the couple of questions that I have was one, how long were they even on this Island Island? Because one, either cap grows a beard real fast or, you know, like, clearly this was more than a three-hour tour. But yeah, but I was like, wait, 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 how long were they all even on this island? Because they ended up finding a way off of it that was on the island Just if they had just, you know, I guess, look. And I assume they had right. been charting it out from what is, you know, what was alluded to in the middle of the book. Right. But, like, you would think that, he, that Cap would maybe have, like, a couple days stubble growth. But no, he's all, like... Yeah, he's, like, full beard. He, he's like, all Endgame. Yeah, I was, I was, he's all Infinity War, Cap. Right. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what is going on here? You know, and meanwhile, Namor, who you would think would be in the same state, just still got his goatee, you know, his... his, his... Right, he's got a little bit of growth. Exactly. Nothing. You know, yeah. and, and granted, now, he's newly human. Well... Well, he was really human. That got taken care of real quick. But, you know, I was like, that's like, what is what is the time frame here? That doesn't make any kind of sense. But at the same time, it was like, comics got to go with it. But right. regardless, it all is in service of them to having a real long heart to heart about, you know, things that have been going on. But um, it appears that 
the invaders, you know, as a group at the end of this issue is seemingly back in full force. Right. And this series is going to end at issue number 12 next month. Right. So we will see how this resolves itself and how we are, how the characters may move into that, uh, uh, that new version of Atlantis attacks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I just made a uh, Roddy cat, you know, um, uh, do a spit take. So you did see the, um, the caption they had, I mean, the, the, the panel they had where, you know, they, they brought that up, right? Sure. Yeah, the, the older Landers. Well, actually, it wasn't even that older Landers attack. It was when when Namor first attacked the um, the the, the um, New York back in uh, the uh, FF days. Back in I guess. 40s. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that was just funny. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting headline to use, knowing that you know <laughs> what's either coming and or you know what has already happened. So that was pretty funny. Well done. So shout out to Sadowski and, and crew for. This whole series, you know, yeah. before we even get to the the, the next issue, because it's been quite interesting, for to say the least. Yes, especially when we didn't know, you know, where it was going to go and what. Like, there's some stuff that is, you know, uh, especially in this issue that may reverberate a little bit because they they do bring up the because uh, you know Roxanne's dealing and. The um, you know the mutant drug that that they that they talk about or whatever the case may be, which I feel like I can't remember if that's actually been something that came that that was shown somewhere. I think it was, but I'm not sure because I feel like it was, but I'm not even sure. It probably didn't even matter at this point. But regardless, Roxanne's dealings, you know, are, are all over the place. So, right. I mean, even the Hulk is going to be dealing with them soon. Exactly. So, so you know, to, there's there's. A lot for continuity sake that I've been enjoying about Marvel lately, you know. Alrighty. So that being the case, I guess we can go into rapid fire. Rapid fire. Uh, let me go. Sure. Um, I just remembered that I read something that I didn't add to the list. Oh, good. Well, I'll give you time to do that. So um, I'm going to start with a book that I neglected to talk about last week. And I, I, and I'm mad for myself because it was really good. Lois Lane number five uh, came out last week. I had it in my notes, but I didn't put it in my notes because I think I erased that part of the note when I, when I did the, the thing. Regardless, uh, Lois gives a life lessons on journalism and sourcing as Renee Montoya as the question takes on a lead. It was as I continued to enjoy this book. I know it's only 12 issues, but um, like I said, I have said before that this kind of um, rings kind of like uh, Gotham, Gotham PD or Gotham Central, which makes sense because Greg Rucker wrote part, you know, was part writer on that also. Uh, and I enjoyed that book or at least what I've read of that book. And this still has kind of shades of that in, in its tone. And I, and I really, really like it. So you should definitely check out Lois Lane. It's not just, hey, they like, yeah, Clark and Superman shows up, whatever. That's what has less to do with uh, anything than than not. I'm not even sure wh- where this book is even. If there's a place this book is going to get to, obviously it's going to end at 12. But I mean, I don't know if there's, you know, s- something revelatory that's going to come out of this. I, I don't know. But I mean, so far we've seen like, you know. Uh, a, a tie-in with Legion of Superheroes and and you know Superman showing up obviously and this and other stuff stuff but regardless it just could be just a 
nice neat store where Lois doing her thing, you know. It's a cool thing. Anyway, uh, Far Sector, number one. So this is the Green Lantern, I think it's a miniseries. I can't remember, actually. Um, written by science fiction author uh, N.K. Jemison, whose work I, I, I am familiar with her, but not necessarily her work. Uh, this is basically a, they, um, a Green Lantern has been sent off to the far reaches of space uh to police uh, a certain area that um may or may not be you know probably just off the bounds of the guardians territory or whatever the case may be but i'm but i'm enjoying it because it's basically hey you put a this, there has been some green lantern stories that's been like hey space cop but this is pretty much hey this is homicide detective green lantern <clears throat> you know in unknown territory with with um with a world that does not that has not really dealt with murder in a while so she's pretty much um dealing with that and navigating her way through you know um a, herself as a I don't I guess a fairly newish lantern but they don't really get into too far into her backstory as of yet um in a in a unfamiliar surroundings you know being a cop and I kind of enjoy those kind of stories like like I talk about all day long about how Thor's was basically, you know, the Thor core, but just homicide life on the streets. Mm-hmm. And this kind of has a little bit of something like that, but, um, yeah, not to the same effect. That being the case, um, the, the Jamal Campbell art is great. Like I've seen some people say, uh, on Twitter, it's like, yeah, the, the art is worth the price of admission itself, but there's more to the book than just that. Um, some of the naming in the book is kind of amusing, but also slightly eye rolling because there are some real life parallels. It's like, Oh really? You know, as I put it in my notes, like Darmok and the real world inspired. And if you know what Darmok is, you, you, you that's some Star Trek stuff. That is some Star Trek stuff. So, but I'm looking forward to to checking out more of this stuff. It's, it's, it's shout out to Captain Picard. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to reading, uh, more of this. And so, I might even get a physical copy. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, Future of Foundation number four. So at the, after the revelation of uh, last issue, where Legia, Johnny Storm's uh, ex-wife, <laughs> the scroll that, that 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 comes up as the butt of his, the uh, the jokes with him, uh, showing up in this book, but she goes back into disguise as uh, the maker plays his hand and then some shenanigans happen on the ship uh, and uh, leading to um, a, a, I guess, kind of a cliffhanger. Uh, you know, I don't know what's a cliffhanger in a, in a comic book these days. Well, this is still a cliffhanger, but regardless, some, you know, the it's almost like, hey, the kids were playing Home Alone, basically, with uh, the maker and his crew, but then some things end up happening uh, that may have turned the tides we'll see in the incoming issues. So we already talked about that. Star Wars number 74. So this is the penultimate issue of Star Wars, because as we know, they are going to um, start with a new number one next year. I think in January, actually uh, started and restarting after, um, after Empire Strikes Back or return. I think it's after oh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, um, Charles Holtz will be writing. So I'm looking forward to that. But regardless, we're so we have um, all three. Uh, we have the 
the three sets of teams or the three sets of folks on their individual missions. But in this issue, they are all virtually brought back together because um, all of their missions are kind of coming to a head. Uh, we see Chewbacca and 3PO on this one planet that they were going to destroy to get rid of the Empire, but Darth Vader's there to put a kink in the things. Um, Han and Leia got set up, so now they have to go up against a Star Destroyer and a shuttle. And Han hatches this crazy plan that has to deal with uh, the other two, um, the other two teams, what they're doing at the time because they're all in a kind of a bit of trouble. And Lynn Luke's on this. Uh, one of the other planet where he meets uh, this young lady who's you know, kind of a grifter, I guess you could kind of say, because she was kind of leading him off a little bit, but she finally get told him some realness. And then he kind of goes off to help his friends and leaves her to, you know, I guess thinking about herself, whatever. She almost felt like a Dr. Afra uh, to me, but not, not quite. Which I'm kind of glad they didn't go to that because like we already got Doctor Abra, she's already around. She's her book's still kicking. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this is kind of leading up to um, to um, to next issues, uh, final issue. Something happens with three PO, which I'm hoping doesn't foreshadow his fate in Rise of the Skywalker, because there's you know that trailer. Uh, did not give me any good feels about what might be going on with him. Of course, that could be, you know, a, a, a swerve. We don't know because trailers don't always tell the truth. But regardless, something happens in here. It's like, huh? Okay, well, that happened. And uh, um, Chewbacca rocks Vader. That's all I'm going to say. Which the, the panel, the, the page of that is in itself just funny. So you have to check that out for yourself. Right. You'll, it's a tease from the cover. Yeah, basically. But uh, not to the same. But yeah, it just happens in a different way. Um, well, actually, technically, cover does kind of happen. And yeah, Chewbacca's kind of in the way at the at the end of that issue, also. So, but obviously, they're not going to kill him. You know, that that'd be crazy. Um, and oh, last but not least, and I know you've read this yourself, Black Cat Annual Number One. Yes, I enjoyed this issue. I enjoyed this annual. Like we've been enjoying Black uh, Black Cat this whole time, and this one's not that much different because it's just uh, her pulling off a, a, a heist, but in longer form because it's an annual. But she's got um, your friend in mind, the friendly neighborhood Spider Man in tow you know, for a part of it. But and you also see that her crew on their various parts of the same mission. You know, you you get their resp- um their perspectives on things. And as I said in my notes, uh, Doc's I made myself attitude is, is a current political climate's wet dream. Yeah. Um, only shadowed by his sense of self purpose, I mean, self importance. Then I'm like, Oh, Oh wait, <laughs> that still plays. <laughs> but, uh, of course you find out a little bit more about Bruno, but to which we kind of knew if you've been reading this book, it was like, yeah, clearly there's more to him than all that, but it all comes together at the end with a nice little, um, some would say social media bit that only plays in context here with a by Felicia, which I thought was amusing. Cause I thought about, it. I didn't even think about it when I first saw it. I was like, you just saying it was like by Felicia. And then I was like, Oh, right. That was a thing that was, going around on social media for right. a while. And I give, I give Jed McKay a ton of credit. Yeah. He has taken this character who at times has been played for a one note mm-hmm. uh, 
and definitely given her depth and given this uh given her crew her her chosen family um a lot of depth and yes. it's really you know it's really caused the book to shine mm-hmm. and i generally do not like going to buy annuals i pick this particular annual up and of course there's a a, a physical reason for it because there was a j scott Campbell cover <laughs> but um but I enjoyed this story immensely. Yeah. And I know one other member of our panel enjoyed it as well. Indeed. Um, and yeah, there was, I wouldn't say it was a little bit of a hype, but it kind of was to um, going into this issue based on what we knew and who was going to be a part of it and, you know, and their part in it, which that does kind of play out, but not the way you think it does. Right. And in, in, in relation to what happens in the book. So it's, you know, it is what it is on that one. But still, it, it still worked out quite nicely. All right. So you're up. Yeah, I have to say that 2000, the, the, the Black Cat uh, series in 2019 has probably been uh, my most pleasant surprise in we terms of titles. We don't have that category, but we can add it. I'm just kidding. Because, <laughs> because that is... In all seriousness, something that I underestimated. I am glad to be proven wrong in that regard. Actually, I think we may do have that um, um, that category. So you may want to remember that. Hold on to that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right. Um, just a, a few books from myself that uh, uh, Roddy Cat and I did not read in uh, in common. Um, Morbius number one. Uh, I'm not spoiling this because I know that Roddy Cat intends to read it. Ava Ayala tells a tale of Morbius doing some good. Vita. While part by oh Vita. Yeah. Why did I say Ava? I know you did is that, that last week too. Real? But <laughs> wait, is that somebody real? Uh, maybe. Uh, wait, isn't that White Tiger? Yes, that's why. <laughs> I'm like, I wait, that's the actual name. I didn't make it up. Right. And yeah. Maybe she sh- yeah, because she showed up in that. Um, she showed up in that. Um, well, very briefly in that um, Marvel um, Contagion book. Right. I mean, she's definitely played a role in recent uh, comic book history. So it's very funny that that's uh, that's what sticks in my head. And if I ever go to meet her at a con, I'm probably going to meet her as Ava. And I'm probably not the only one because it just sticks in your head. Yeah, so, there's I, uh, I've I've not read their, a lot of their stuff, but they but I, I some of the stuff they've I've read of theirs is, is pretty good, you know. So and, so, I, and, and I'm not a big Morpheus fan, so I'm definitely reading it for their for for them not right for her right for her take on this so i'll just tell you that you know vita ayala tells a tale of morbius doing some good while the art it's the art that really sets the stage by penciler uh marcelo ferreira inker roberto po pogi or pogi and colorist dono sanchez almara evokes the appropriate amount of scary in the mood of the book hmm. so there's definitely um i i I hesitate to compare it to Gene Colan, but he did a lot of that blade and vampire stuff back in the sixties and seventies. Mm. That's definitely what uh, I thought it was invoking, at least in terms of a mood, not in terms of an art style, but definitely a mood. So um, it's, it definitely fits the book and uh, we'll see. There is a minor cliffhanger at the end of the book. So uh, the second issue should prove interesting. Yeah, and I say, and I'm just gonna put in here. I, I said they because that is the pronoun that they that they 
want to be known as Vita Ayala. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I said they is the whole group. So I wasn't. Yeah. So I wasn't just saying that out of nowhere. But right. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So um, next up is Ronan Island number eight. Uh, this book continues to impress. There's a couple of great character moments in here because um, Hana, the lead character, uh, her decision uh, in at the la- at the end of the last issue, and uh, at the and we see the aftermath at the beginning of this issue come at great personal cost, and the stakes just get deadlier when the nature of the plague actually changes. Um, next up is Event Leviathan number six. So we finally find out who Leviathan is. DC fans will continually try to convince me that this is at least semi interesting. I read it <laughs> nonplussed. Um, the next book is Detective Comics number 1015. Yes, it does sound weird. Uh, Nora Freeze strikes back, and this time, and in this time of female empowerment, it sounds exactly like what would happen in the Freeze relationship, given what has brought them back together. So that is a very vague description of how this book plays out. But uh, having read it and had a little bit of time to digest it, I definitely understand where she's coming from. Uh, lastly. I realized that I had read this, but had neglected to type any notes down. Uh, the last book I've got for this week is Punisher Soviet number one. This is Garth Ennis back on the Punisher with a back to basic story that is still rooted in today's reality. Someone is doing Frank's work for him and the Russian mob is giving Frank some undeserved credit. And you know, Frank, he's got to look into this and see what's what. So it is a pretty uh, fun Punisher story that does not involve going to Begalia, does not deal with Baron Zemo or the War Machine armor. Some people like that, um, and that's definitely a fun um diversion from uh, from a Punisher story. But something like this is definitely the... Uh, the, the back to basic sto- uh, Punisher type story. Right. So this is not Red Sun Punisher. No. Nor is it. Um, it's okay. not an Elseworlds st- story right. like that. No. Right. Okay. Cool. That was something else I was going to bring up, but I don't remember what this is. Probably just as well. So cool. I think. And that is it for you, right? Yep. That is it. Clicks of the week. <laughs> All right, we've got at least one from our hosts who are not here today. Mm-hmm. And it's a good pick. It's a damn good pick. It is. It is. That is Tim D O double G nine eight. With his click of the week is Black Cat Annual Number One. Yeah, like that. We we're we're fans of the the that series, so it's it's a damn good pick. It's definitely a candidate for uh click of the week for myself as well. Yep. Same here. So um, I've got a little <clears throat> bit of a problem because I definitely liked invaders and mm. guardians this week. Mm. And those are the two main contenders with a black cat annual. 
um, I wasn't a hundred percent enthusiastic about Fallen Angel, so that's not uh, a leading contender for my click of the week this week. Um, hmm. I, I was going to ask you. Yeah, uh, neither one of us read History of the Marvel Universe, which, granted, I mean, it is it, it is what it is, but right. it's a history book, right? But that did come out. And there's one more issue coming out this week. Right. Uh, uh, for this series, so uh, that should take us to present day. Mm. Yeah, but I, yeah, I still want to read. Uh, I need to read. I think I didn't read last one either, but um, read this one and last one just to see if, if it touches on some stuff that I guess getting closer to current stuff, you know, mm-hmm. would would play out. Um, hmm. Uh, obviously, I can't give the lowest lane because that was last week, but um, yeah. I would if I could. Because I did, because even after we finished recording last week, I did go out on Twitter and was like, yeah, that, that could have been it had I thought about it and put it in and said something. Um, but for I think me, I'm going to back up. I'm going to, I'm going to back up Tim. Tim. Okay. And I'm going to go with uh, the Black Cat Annual, number one. Mm, I, again, solid pick. Yeah. For me, because like X Men 2 was good, uh, Guardians was good. Um, I mean, you know, Ages of Atlas was actually was, was decent. That Far Sector book, while it started out, a certain way of like, okay, that, that like, I would like to see more of this. So this is, it, it, uh, became of more interest to me than what initially, uh, and how it started. Well, then the way I thought about it going into it. Okay. Yeah. I'd say, um, I'm going to go to say, I think guardian Gideon falls came out this week. I'm just going to go ahead and give that one the dirt. Whether you, yeah, cause so. he didn't say anything. <laughs> that, that's usually a solid pick for him that I did right. have another one for him. Uh, I was about to say sometimes he opts for detective as well. So that is also why, true, right? That's why it's uh, it's a little tough, but I think your Gideon Falls pick is solid. Yeah, for him, anywho. Um, for myself, you know what? I think I'm actually going to go with X Men too, because you know if you ever thought about two land masses um, bumping uglies, that's this is the one. That that would put that picture in your head. It could have been yeah. invaders for the fanficnessness of it, but uh, nah. But those of you fanfic people, go pick up uh, invaders number eleven and go to town. Even if you just look at the cover, just you know, you can make so much out of that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so with that, we go on. Goodness gracious! Into the ad, first ad read of the night. Our first ad read of the night is for my comic shop. Today's podcast is sponsored by my comic shop. Go to cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. If you do not have a comic book store close to you that you can get your books from, you can order your books online by going to my comic shop through cspn.us. Do it today. Time for the news. Yes, we start off as we tend to do every week with... um Animated news, and of course, my soundboard is not up to snuff because there was a particular sound effect that I really, really wanted to put on here that I thought I put on here and I did not. So Uh-oh. I did that to myself. Darn me, darn me, darn me all the heck, which will come clear um, as we get into the news. But first off, glad 
sings the praises of Batwoman, Supergirl, and other Arrowverse shows. So, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, glad, has praised the CW's... It's not the trash bag company. No, it is not. Um, the CW's Arrowverse for its LGBTQ plus representation. The organization says in its annual uh, Where We Are on TV report that queer representation on TV is an all-time high. Uh, the report particularly points out the, the Ruby Rose-led Batwoman series and the rest of the Arrowverse, uh, including The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. I'm just going to go ahead and put Black Lightning on here because um, before uh, Batwoman came along, there was definitely a queer character on there that that, that goes unnoticed, uh, even by, you know, writers. But, you know, we can go into that one another time. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that on that. Oh, according to GLAD, 10.2% of series regulars on broadcast TV this year are LGBTQ+. Other shows recognized in the report include ABC's Stumptown and Ryan Murphy's Trans Woman-Led Pose. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, next up, uh, the Batwoman TW show name drops two major Batman villains. So... Uh, in the wake of Batwoman kind of opening up the vault on Batman characters yeah. for the CW, as, for as, the CW we, as we figured what's going to happen, given you know what Supergirl right, it had to, right, right, it it had to, you know, like uh, we we have done stories over the course of our years on um, uh, broadcasting uh, on the fact that uh, the CW shows basically where I guess the best way to put it were was embargoed from dealing with too much Batman stuff. But now with the obvious, um, uh, with the introduction of Batwoman, that is off the table. And now they have introduced by reference, several, a couple of Batman villains, uh, namely Jack Napier, AKA the Joker or a version of exactly the, the Burton the, the Burton version. And uh, I'm wondering who the second one is. Uh, the execute. Well, oh, it's execution, wah, wah, wah. think of uh, Burgess Meredith. All right, there's the, uh, the penguin. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's my hint. Well, I mean, that's a pretty on and off hint, but sure, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing that's happening, and yeah, it seemed like they like quietly just like yeah, we're just gonna start putting stuff because you started noticing things with um Arrow. I was like, wait a minute, that's kind of a Batman. And then, of course, with the the, the uh, articles that we've talked about in the past about, you know, especially going into the um, the uh, crossover events where Bat where Batwoman came out of, obviously, um, you know, and more references to stuff in the Bat family and stuff that just kind of just quietly stuck out there into the uh, Arrowverse until this. I'm like, well, I guess it was coming here after all, to, as opposed to what they were saying prior. So, mm-hmm. I guess it's a good thing. I mean, Arrow's going off the air, so, you know, somebody's got to take up the mantle. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Batwoman, uh, Batwoman's true identity is discovered by somebody. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I have, n- I'm not up on the show, um, so this would be a spoiler if I knew what the heck was going on, but someone closer to uh, Kate finds out who she is. Let's just say that. And not surprised because given how the Arrowverse's propensity to tell anybody and everybody the secret identities, not big a surprise. Not as big a surprise as you think it would be at this point. Next up, 
All righty. Next up, uh, the first Crisis on Infinite Earths teaser is a short, sweet glimpse of everyone coming together. Uh, Justice League lambaste. Um, that's a JLA Avengers reference for uh, those of you few who might remember that. Um, we've got Superman, Batwomen, Arrows, Black Lightning, and everyone's all here. So uh, get ready for it, folks. Yep, in a few short weeks, we will have this, and I will probably still not get caught up because of, well, what we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, actually, it won't be that, just me being lazy, but regardless, Black Lightning has become an active war zone. Um, I see here Scooter staring down somebody, I guess I'm assuming with a character. I need to stop calling him that. That's not, yeah. he hasn't gone by that in years, and I'm sure if he saw me in prison, probably beat my ass. <laughs> So apparently, with the book of Freeland in living, uh, while the book of Freeland is living under the American Security Agency's control, uh, Anissa and her Blackbird guys is doing all she can to ensure the city's population of metahumans can live freely, and one hopes to escape safely. This sounds like they're doing something. My computer is like really going off, so hopefully you can't hear that. But um, yeah, we can, but it's okay. Go on. Yeah. Well, sorry about that. I got a lot of tabs open. Regardless, uh, so it sounds like they're doing something similar to what uh, a Civil War-ish type situation. And um, Oh, wait. It says, that, yeah, Black Man has been using the supposed attack on the Markovians, which if you, uh, if you know of Black, um, excuse me, um, Batman and the Outsiders, and also uh, last issue, uh, last uh, um Seeing of Young Justice, you have kind of seen some of that stuff play out to give his heroes a reason to be on higher alert. But the past few uh, episodes have made it clear that the war is already war is already in Freeland and it's only going to get more brutal. So yeah, sound like there's a, there's a war going on out here. The man is safe from you can run, but you can't hide forever from these street styles we done took. Yeah. You walk with your head down, scared to look, shook. I'm just going to stop right there because you already know. You're already bopping your head. You know what I'm talking about. Next up. Uh, the Batman. Matt Reeves' Batman has cast a newcomer in a mysterious role. So it's added another new name to the ranks of the cast. This time adding a Jamie Lawson in a mysterious role. Uh, so, so speculation being Barbara Gordon because as we know Jeffrey Wright is playing Commissioner Gordon so that's where a lot of people's heads went to I'm just going to put it out there it's probably young Leslie Thompson Tompkins I'm probably wrong and it's probably Barbara Gordon so maybe not be or maybe could be somebody brand new we don't know but we have no idea signs are or at least speculations point to Barbara Gordon though so we'll see uh, in stupid people news, uh, Aquaman two petition calls for Amber Heard's removal from the film. Uh, a new petition calls for Amber Heard to be removed from the cast of Aquaman two, following reported allegations of the actor as a domestic abuser of her uh, former husband Johnny Depp, which I believe she has gone on to say that this all the way around or something like that. I don't know. I don't get into all that craziness but it's so sad as of this writing the remove amber heard from uh, aquaman 2 petition created by gene gene lawson larson has over 30 you know what it's a petition uh, it, whatever just i mean like allegations are serious and even if that if if this is the case they are to be taken serious but come on people with these stupid ass petitions need to stop 
<laughs> like if there is something out of this and you know let it be handled in the way it's supposed to be handled and if they decide to, to do something with you know her and that if, if it comes out to be the case so be it but fans are stupid like this whole Snyder Cut thing is also a whole different stupidity thing that people are still doing but that's a, again a whole separate situation but apparently it's got a lot of signatures regardless and out of the goal so whether but that still doesn't say that whether the petition is going to come in is anything actionable alrighty so next as, as he up said, she said and, and at the end of it all there you go next. Uh, according to deadline Joseph and Anthony Russo are producing a documentary series based on Reed Tucker's nonfiction book Slugfest inside the epic 50 year battle between Marvel and DC for the streaming service Queeby. And you know what my response to this, my reaction to this story was? And it's a little mixture of what? And who? Because yeah. Queeby. Uh, actually, um, I would also say the same for the book because I'd never heard of this book either. So, so yeah, so that's the thing that sounds like it's probably going to happen. And oh well, this it looks like the service is set to launch April sixth. Oh, the service hasn't started yet. Okay. Right. So yeah. So I guess uh, on yet it's another streaming, right. Yet another streaming service. Um, yay. That's yeah, and we'll get to that later. So yeah, indeed. But yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing that happened. And there's no use in going there. Wow, why did they have terminus over there in the corner? Like, <laughs> what's that? The JLA Avengers? I guess that's so. the JLA Avengers number one. Yeah, I know. Wait, oh right, he was a part of that, wasn't he? I he was read- uh, the 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 the. the the Marvel villain that crossed into the DC universe. Uh, I, oh God, I forgot so much about that. And there's no way to read that. Yeah, Starro was the first. What are you talking about? There's no way to read it. Oh, because it's out of print. Right. Go with that. Is correct. That is, yeah. And it won't be on, and it won't be on any of the, um, the, the comic, uh, uh, which are all services. I've got like many versions of this book. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I do, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, next up, Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight shows just landed their leaders. Yay! Yeah, probably. Um, which there's some more uh, Moon Knight news later on in the show, but I couldn't squeeze it in at the moment. So, Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter broke the news that Jessica Gao, not to be confused with Madam Gao of the uh, Daredevil City series, Daredevil series. Um, who won an Emmy for the Pickle Rick ep- oh God, the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty has been hired to develop and write the She-Hulk show, while Jeremy Slater, best known for The Exorcist, probably the new version, I'm assuming. Um, and, well, it's actually, let me not, anyway. Uh, and Umbrella Academy, most recently, will do the same for Moon Knight. Uh, Gal said, this is, I've been chasing She-Hulk for so long. This is the definition of a dream come true, she, as she tweeted the news. So, cool all right speaking of uh disney plus news kevin feige confirmed that she hulk miss marvel and moon knight will appear in movies after disney plus shows this was in one of the the short documentaries that was available for streaming yes which i haven't gotten around to actually there's some more news about that which i'm not sure if i put that in there or not um 
and I did not. So I'll just go ahead and say in here. So Feige also came out and said, uh, and maybe in the course of this or something that way, basically saying that you would need to watch the shows in order to um, basically see what's, um, you know, keep up with what's going on in the MCU in the movie form basically so basically the 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 stuff that's the stuff that's coming out on the streaming services is going to play into the um which we did talk about that stuff but right it's confirmed that hey yeah yeah, they've definitely been more explicit about what you need to have watched and what's going to feed into which uh movie exactly and um which again yeah and like i said we kind of sort of knew all the stuff but there was the confirmation is now there and which gave people a lot of feelings one way or the other about it Mm-hmm. so yeah so this is great to know because all of these uh folks uh, i mean i'm not necessarily that plus about moonlight but hey <laughs> shark m is marvel i definitely want to see it on a big screen so that's awesome I, mean, I don't know a good moonlight would, would be good to see but you know yeah it is what it is sam wilson gets a dramatic new costume in falcon and winter soldier preview in that same but <laughs> a short documentary preview. Mm, yeah, a lot of things came out. So this looks like um I dare say this costume looks like the one from um um Avengers Mighty uh United We Stand. Basically there's, uh, huh? I was about to say it's definitely in that vein, but I think it's definitely taking cues from um, not Earth's Mightiest Heroes, heroes but yeah. Avengers Assemble, the follow-up. Well, right. Which, right. they were all a sort of armored kind of, you know, well, this is not armored, but there is a... Well, we don't know yet. That's the thing. Like, we well, don't no, no, know. I'm saying those those ones. I'm not right. just, but yeah. Like, we don't know about this one. This is just like right. kind of a mock-up, but yeah. Those ones kind of took, you know, those were more of a, in a couple of those cases, were more of an armored type because especially with uh united we stand they had the whole transformation sequence for for a lot of those jokers which i'm always enjoy but um it is what it is i haven't watched it i'm dreading watching it but we wow. do have access to it now yes we do and i'm just going to say there's an article out there that's basically talking smack about earth uh, I, I may have it in the clickbait section i can't remember but i will have i am not here for no kind of slander on um um united we stand yes it's not the greatest Avengers one, but it also had half of the wackos in it, and I'm not going to hear any slander. <laughs> Just um, I have uh, spoken. In closing, in closing about this particular story, shout out to Anthony Mackie, who was definitely down to have uh, a more spandex-like take on the Falcon's costume. He mm. has been down from day one for you know and he said it in multiple interviews i've heard in multiple interviews that he was down to have the falcon's appearance more closely uh resemble what's in the comics well yeah Uh, because it never really obscured his face though the the falcon's costume never really obscured his face so he could still get his you know a good bit of a screen time in right no but in terms of just the spandex and the colors you know that's what he was really gunning for and he's finally got his wish yeah sure um yeah cool uh, there was Are another they- article out there about um, Winter Soldier's new look, but I forgot to put it in there. So oh, that's yeah. okay. I mean, it doesn't look all that different. It's Not just really. a, it's a more clean cut look. Mm-hmm. Um, that says a lot. Yeah. Um, what if Captain Carter episode introduces a different Iron Man? Same documentary, the Expanding the Universe <laughs> documentary on Disney Plus also revealed this, and this was a lot of fun to see. 
Yeah, I yeah, I saw the um the little gif of it, and I was like, oh, cool. I mean, you see yeah. Cap and and um, it's almost totally like, worth watching this documentary though. Almost like a Gundam, but you know, it's more more Iron it's Giant, a little bit more Iron, Iron Man. Giant. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're in the same place. Um. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, go do that. And if you have access to Disney Plus, you can go check it out because I'm pretty sure that's where a good bit of the stuff is coming from. Like you said. Yep. Uh, what if debut uh first look at Marvel Zombies episode again from the same <laughs> <laughs> the same documentary from the same documentary yes um so yeah th- that basically that documentary was the biggest promo for stuff that's upcoming mm-hmm. um which <laughs> surprise surprise okay yeah but yes you get some some first shots of um the 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 zombies episode yes. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus, it has come to Amazon's Fire TV devices, where there was some uh, speculation that it wasn't going to be there on day and date of release. Right. It was. Thank you, corporate giants, for getting together and getting together on this, so I could watch this on my TV uh, and use Fire Stick to do it. Uh, so yeah, well, there, there was another article out there again that said uh, that the Vizio TVs were not going to get it until 2020. Which I don't know, I don't know too many people who have Vizio TVs outside of like my mom and a couple other people. So that's a yeah, my Samsung know. TV, the one Samsung TV I've got, is still having some problems. So mm, yeah, not not get it hasn't you know like I've got all these super modern apps, but not Disney Plus, and I'm like what the hell right. And I think there was a some I think either Tim or somebody I know there was some people saying that Roku was having an issue and didn't get it. So I know for me to just go kind of get into it really really quick, um, the mobile version was out like three o'clock in the morning. Okay. Uh, the console apps for like Xbox and uh, PS3, I think they came out around six. They were definitely up around six after I got up. And yes, if you know the time frame, that wasn't a whole lot of time to sleep. I know that, but whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, and there was issues about that, which we'll get into that a little bit more in a little bit. So, uh, yes, you can still get that Disney Plus bundle if you already have a subscribe to Hulu. So this is not that Verizon thing. Well, actually, this has nothing to do with it. So basically, this is saying like, hey, if you got into the Disney Plus only thing and you still want to. Um, subscribe to Hulu or you already have Hulu and you want to combine the two, this article goes into uh, how you go about doing that, basically. And apparently it's a, it's a little bit of a step. So, um, yeah, which we won't go too many for, but it sounds like you kind of got to sign up for both and then go into the other and blah, 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 blah. But, hey, you can go check that out there at your leisure. Next. All right, so what are we up to? The offensive stuff? Yes. All right. So Disney Plus apparently does not cut offensive scenes from some classic films that they released in the uh, in the pool of stuff that's available through Disney Plus. But they um, do do. But they do put a nice. Well, and they do put a warning at the beginning of the film saying, "Hey, this is was done." They basically say this was done at a different time. Which you can, if you're watching the video, you can see. Uh, nope, that's not it. Well, basically, there's a uh, there's a. Um, there's a thing at before the the movie starts saying, "Hey, this was done at a different time," and you know that kind of warning. So. Right. It would be nice if the the language was a little stronger, but yes, they do acknowledge the fact that there is a you know that there a, that a warning is necessary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also worth noting, I don't think, and then they they, and I'm not bucking for this by any means, so I don't want anybody thinking there's no the one 
probably most offensive movie that they could put on there is not on the surface and hopefully it probably won't be on there. Right. That said, but yeah, the stuff from the other movies that was already in there still is in there. Just, you know, which is slightly funny, uh, given, and I don't have this in the article uh, in lineup either, but apparently, uh, that, um, the Simpsons is on that thing, but they don't have the, um, Michael Jackson episode. And people are really, yeah. I saw articles about that um, going around. I did not know that. Yeah, oh, there's, there's. Okay. Oh, people, please, please, just like, hey, people have been looking for stuff, and so it is what it is on that one. Okay, all it's, right. And uh, I think there's even uh, something that's going a little further because I think there might be something with um, the aspect ratio and something on the Simpsons. I don't know, even know, but that was one big thing people were kind of pointing out about that stuff. Right. So anyway, right. bear in mind, I was about to say, and, and, and ladies and gel- gentlemen, bear in mind that uh, we're still in the nascent stages of Disney Plus release. So a lot of this stuff may change over the next several weeks and months. Maybe. Yeah. Like I said, I, like I said on Twitter, like, I'm just happy to know that they that Disney's not immune to having first day issues. Oh, they definitely don't. Listen, I uh, whatchamacallit, I, I was uh binging semi binging mm-hmm. uh, spider-man and his amazing friends over the last few days mm-hmm. and uh i was on uh my my mac my computer and i was uh just going through the web browser to watch and one of the vi- one of the episodes is showing up twice on the on the playlist on the list and oh, i was weird. like oh that's just a little glitch hmm. you know yeah. but it didn't show up when i looked at it on the fire stick uh earlier this evening so Sure. You know, first day, second day, first week glitches. I mean, you know? yes, this stuff's going to happen with any service right. like that and have. So, like I said, like I said um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was annoying at the time, but it was good to see that there, you know, it wasn't flaw- a flawless launch. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of not flawless, uh, Disney Plus password sharing addressed by Disney the CEO. So, um, Bob Iger basically comes out and says, that, hey, we set up a service that's very family friendly. We expect families to be able to consume it for live streams at a time. For instance, we'll watch it carefully with various tools, technology tools that we have available to to us to monitor it. But obviously, it's something we have to watch. So they're basically saying that, hey, we know people, at least that's, that is what I'm getting out of. We know people are going to share their passwords mm-hmm. uh, out of this. Stuff, but, you know, just just know that we're watching. Exactly. Exactly. That is that is my takeoff of it. Anywho, mm-hmm. you know, um, including I know I had someone ask me for that early, and then I was like, oh, okay, sure, I could do it, but uh, let me point you over to this Verizon thing. Okay. <laughs> Not specifically because I did what didn't want to do it, but it was just like, well, yeah, if you're going to get it, get it on your own, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't know whatever, whatever. So, yeah, it is a thing. Uh, next up. All right. Uh, apparently, some Disney Plus movies may already have expiration dates, which is contrary to what I had read. Well, um, go ahead. No, I, you know, I'm just reading this news story now. So, uh, uh, so the, the TLDR of this is basically somebody dug into the files and noticed that um, some of the um, some of the movies have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. However, there is nothing outright saying that they are going to hold to those dates. Or anything like right. so. In other words, when this comes out, we don't know if they're actually going to get re- come off of the service or not. Right. My understanding was that 
and what I had read in the in the hype coming in, leading up to the service launch was that they weren't going to take off anything if and 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 were just going to add. So it's contrary. This is contrary to what I what my understanding was uh, based on what I had read. I had heard rumblings that some stuff might end up coming off, but I can't remember if it, but nothing like major, I believe. Uh, okay. But again, that was all hearsay. So that's, that's just don't take that for anything. So it is what it is. Like I say, if this happens to be the case and they're not servicing that, because, you know, um, well, I mean, how Netflix doesn't. So, well, actually, they they have surface stuff at times and they do, you, you, you know, they do have, the, the, mm. you know, where, hey, this is coming off of here and there and other. We're still early yet, so we don't know. We'll see. Um, Disney Plus will not be adding Spider-Man movies to his library. Because, duh, Sonny's property. Right. I mean, you know. Granted, like, some would be con- some would more probably confused at the fact that there's Spider-Man cartoons. That's another license. Right. Well, but they, yeah, don't, exactly. but they also don't have that one that Sony did. Because um, the one that's mis- that was uh, Mystery is... Um, I think Spectacular is not on there. Or That's correct. Yeah. That's and correct. Spectacular is not on the Marvel, um, uh, is not on the Disney Plus service. And I think the other CG one is not on there either, which it was a. Uh, I think those are specifically produced right. by. That's what, was, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right, not licensed out um, to another studio to do. What I was going to say is um, uh, does this. I'm, I'm presuming this article also addresses Homecoming and Far From Home, right? Um, I think it does. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's disappointing because those are unfortunately kind of integral to uh, understanding some of the stuff that happens in the MCU. So, mm-hmm. But I believe there was another article again out there saying that, hey, they're, they're at Disney's trying to get that stuff. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, this right. also mentions a couple of other movies that are um that are not on there uh but you know that stuff's coming like black panther right was. exactly black panther infinity war right like that you stuff's know, coming all that so. still on netflix exactly so and, and again that stuff's coming but yeah it is what it is you know i'm like yeah I, you could be bummed about it but you know and there's reasons to be but at the same time like you know who i don't know i hate to cop out on this one but who at this point doesn't have a way to watch those movies I mean, ultimately, yeah, that's not even that's not even the worst thing. It's just a matter of, you know, it's a bummer. Yeah, it's just a matter of, oh, I wish it was all complete day right. one. No, that's not the case. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't even have everything there. They won from whatever, but hey, it is what it is. Hell, I'm more bummed about the Star Wars situation, which we'll get to in a minute. Ah. Um, it's actually starting to get oh, it it stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, watch the cast of the Mandalorian describe its upcoming first season. So there is, um, what is this? A video uh, interview? Uh, yes. Yeah. So it's a fun video. Yeah, you can link on our uh, uh, sheet of notes to a video where the cast of the show describes how it differs from the rest of the Star Wars media out there and what word best sums up the show. Yeah, it's out there on the Star Wars account uh, on Twitter. So if you don't catch it, the end of our show notes is out there. And I'm, you know. Yeah, hashtag Mandalorian, whatever, all that kind of good mess. Speaking of the Mandalorian, as we get into it, the Mandalorian gives a surprise nod to the Star Wars holiday special, which I got to that point. And I was like, huh, all right, that was funny, which we also like uh, just going off of a little bit. Like Don John Favreau, who is the executive producer of uh, the Mandalorian, 
you know, we've already said he wants, he would want to do, um, you know, I redo a, the holiday special or do another version of the holiday special. So knowing that ahead of when seeing that it's like, okay, I'm not surprised, but not thinking about it at the time and hearing it show up or hearing the nod show up. It's like, huh? All right. That's didn't he direct the first issue of the first, the first episode? I believe Filoni did. I, I can't, I can't remember. Honestly, I know he's his executive producer. He might have. Um, and actually, it's kind of funny because so a little, little bit of spoilers here. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for those of you who, for whatever reason, have not yet watched the Mandalorian episode one. Here comes the bell in three, two, one. And this is, so it's a spoiler, but not spoiler, because if you know about the holiday special, you, you know what time of year it comes out, which is slowly coming up one. So there's um, the the Star Wars equivalent of Christmas, which is Life Day, and that is the nod to the holiday special that they were talking about. Uh, one and two, in the part where that shows up, I thought that um, the first the first bounty he goes after, I could have sworn that was John Favreau. It's not because I because I was slightly surprised that it wasn't him. Because mm. so the, at the beginning of the episode, um, the the Mandalorian, uh, whose name we don't know yet, but apparently may have been slipped, um, goes after a bounty. Uh, of an alien and that's where the talk of life day kind of comes in which is again the the uh the nod to the holiday special and also give me it gave me a genuine chuckle mm. when that when that scene came about all right so uh so life day is canon folks okay go with it with you will next next up the spoiler bell is still in effect so for those of you who for whatever reason have not watched uh, the Mandalorian first episode yet, uh, shut your ears or click fast forward. The first episode of the Mandalorian doesn't waste much time setting up the drama and between the client blurgs and uh, mysterious bounty targets. It's easy to miss the way the show brushes against star Wars history. Um, one of the best details comes from when the Mandalorian shares a quick exchange with his fellow Mandalore resident. Uh, the armorer about culture and armor. So, yep. so yeah, and this is all steep back. So this this article kind of goes into the, you know uh, uh, the stuff that brought up you know the type of uh, metal that is being used and the, the significance of it and other places where um, where stuff is shown up about Mandalorian, including Rebels and Clone Wars, um, Rebels specifically in a, in a certain section, uh, which at some point before the, that new season comes, I'm definitely going to um binge watch clone wars again but yeah so if you're if you're interested in that stuff and, and you've seen the episode or if you haven't seen the episode and you're still kind of curious hey you can check out this article about it and by the way all you folks who want to binge watch uh clone wars make sure that you take a look at the uh star wars website to get oh, that we're, we're, we'll get into that we'll get into that i trust me i specifically brought that up <laughs> <laughs> for my own for my own benefit but i definitely brought that up later on all right uh the mandalorian episode one easter eggs and uh, that final reveal which we won't spoil but uh hell no hell no that was a great final reveal it definitely that was, was straight out of the com you know straight out of comic book lore that is a comic book that is a well, uh, cliffhanger page i mean you know sure basically that whole image is a incredible cliffhanger and all i will say about the cliffhanger about the uh the reveal at the end is that yes there are 
Somebody even made a, a, um, a joke about it earlier, which I totally forgot anything about. And to even mention that it would, would spoil it. But let's just say it has something to do with an iconic character um, and their species. Oh, yeah. Being around. Mm-hmm. That's probably spoiler enough as it is. So, yep, 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 uh, but yep, yeah, yep. this article has a bunch of Easter eggs that show up, probably including some of that stuff we just talked about with the armor and stuff like that. If I if I remember correctly from from gleaming through this article, but you can check that out if you've actually seen the show. I don't know why you would watch it before you watch the show, but some people are crazy like that. Sure. Um, Make time in your day to watch this, folks. If I you are, if you are so inclined, I mean, if you're not a Star Wars fan or whatnot, because this is definitely steeped in Star Wars, and I don't know why people. Are, I have seen somebody out there saying, uh, "Talk about it's not good because it's too steeped in Star Wars." I'm like, what? Either you're you are very much trolling, right? So, but there are those kind of trolls out there. I watched it over the course of a lunch break. So it is definitely something you can squeeze time for. So, yeah, it's good. It's, it's basically, uh, I, I dare say there's some, there's a weird cowboy bebop vibe also in it, but that's, you know, a little bit. I definitely get that. Yeah. So, but, all right. Next not up. A knock, um, just, I'm just saying it is, but next right. up, next up, uh, Pedro Pascal, apparently awkwardly said the Mandalorian's real name in an interview. I am not going to say anything. Just yeah. that uh, apparently he said it in an interview. Yeah, I'm. In fact, um, I did not even like. I got to that point. I basically read this article. Well, I've read to where it says spoilers, and and I just stopped because I. There you go. I may go back and read it at some point, but at the same time, you know, yeah. Let it. Let it. Let it just be what it is when it gets to where they yep. do it themselves. Next up. Next up. Um, Star Wars hand shot shoots first scene changed again, and here's one possible reason why. Buckle in, folks, because I got. Well, we've I, already confirmed why, no? Uh, no, I don't believe we did because no one knew right. this change happened until until this came out. This is okay. another change to it. This is not right, the one that was already, already confirmed. Right, they already confirmed that this was a change uh, from Lucas himself. Right. So. Well, okay. yeah, we're getting to that. Yeah. Okay. So, um. Well, like you just said, yeah. So there. So again, uh, if you watched like I did, the first thing I watched was A New Hope to see what what um <laughs> what version yeah. it was, and That's was so mad funny. and was mad when I found out it was a special edition. Uh, right. But I stopped before I got to the scene because I didn't. You know, it doesn't it doesn't take terribly long to find out whether it was or not. Like, yeah, it looks clean, but at a certain point, like, okay, you already know it's special edition or not. Yeah, there's extra uh, animals. And, <laughs> yeah, and you're either going to be really pissed or really not, or you know whatever about it. Unplussed, yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So the hand shot first, and which is already was changed for the special edition with the 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 you know with the infamous uh, changes. Added another change. They tightened it up the the um the actual shooting part a little bit. Um, and. Apparently, Greedo says uh, something right before the it's thing flunky. happens. Yes, which apparently, um, as Agent 70 said, goes back to um, something that Lucas did. So apparently, Lucas, even before he turned over the keys to Lucasfilm, uh, put in a, had a clause put into where he could still affect changes to the original trilogy. And I, this is where I go into my my Marini Mag and say, why stop doing this shit? Stop 
fucking doing this stuff. You don't need to keep changing it. People grew up on this darn thing the way it was and loved it. You don't have to keep changing the stupid thing just because you don't like your ex-wife. That is my speculation. Oh, no. Because she also had a, uh, she God also has fired. some, she also has <laughs> some, some dealings with, and that's speculation as to why there is some very much speculation as to why he made some changes to the to, to, to special edition. Uh, anywho, sometimes, and I, and I speak to, to, to writers and uh, filmmakers, dear folks, and I, as a person who has done some writing and so, I know sometimes it never feels like it's done, but at a certain time when you put it out, it is done. Or it should be done to a point. If you want to come back to something later on, sure, whatever. Comics do it all the time. They recon stuff with all the time. However, once you put stuff out there, let it be done. Give it to the ether. You keep changing stuff that doesn't, especially if it's already, hey, people like it for what it is already. You don't have to keep changing stuff. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the 77 version of Star Wars. People, again, the reason why there's a phantom for Star Wars is because of the original trilogy. No changes were made. But yet, his fool comes along and make, keeps constantly making changes. Unnecessary changes. Now, granted, yes, this particular one in the, the McClunky, whatever it is, has something to do with, goes goes back to, um, you know, which some would argue he shouldn't have had the keys to this, but this goes back to uh, the prequels. And in fact, goes back to something in Phantom Instance, if I'm not mistaken, and I think this article says, says as much. So, this goes back to that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't okay. give a damn. It doesn't matter. You didn't uh, have to make uh, this change. Uh, it's uh, unfreaking necessary. Anyway, that uh, is my rant. That is my. Uh, rant. I know Agent Seventy is done like it, but whatever. I'm saying I can keep no, no, it around no, for Duke and Wonder. But what this, it is. But no, regardless, it is what it is, and you know. Triple, <laughs> nice. That's so a, that's what I got from your whole rant. Like you know what, knowing is half the battle. Yeah, kind of. Uh, um, uh, but regardless, it's so there is a change. So if you haven't watched it yet, just know that that's all because it's been all over the, over the internet. So you've had right. to find out about it one way or the other. Whether you like right. it or not, it is what it is. I like, didn't exactly. I didn't. I, I haven't watched it. The first thing I pulled up was the Mandalorian. But right. Was once he, I saw like I said, that. Well, like I said, I well, I watched it because I said well, I didn't even get to this point before seeing this article. Right. What I was going to say is, I I I I I caught wind of um, the the news about the special edition, and and, and not being surprised by that one. But then right. the, over the next day, I saw online the news about uh, the McClunky, and I was like, "What the hell is McClunky?" Uh huh. And then I looked deeper into it, and I was like, "Oh no, they didn't," and Lucas did. Uh huh. Uh, anyway, and I'm saying you're like, why does he still have? The, why does he still have? Why does he still have that power? Why they handed it over? It's like, look, that's it. That's all you get. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my understanding was that he did it before the. No, he. That's what I said earlier. Yeah, he 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 had it put in place before the the handover. The before, handover right. So, so it was post special edition, but pre handover to Disney. So right, but this was a new change. This was exactly a new change oh, for yeah, this exactly version. Is. So my point. Exactly. Yeah. It was something that that no one had seen. So he could go to his death, come back as a force ghost, and still say, you know what, I want to make another change to these, to these <laughs> movies. And, they, and they'd be like, all right, I got to do it. Unless they have a death clause in there, which I doubt. <sighs> anyway, hey, move hey, right hey, along. 
day. That was my so rant. Apparently, right. So apparently, uh, Mark Hamill explains why Luke had a grappling hook in Star Wars. Wasn't it because he's wearing a stormtrooper belt? Uh, well, I mean, this is Hamill. Somebody asked him on Twitter, and basically, it was some some. Basically, some kid, somebody's daughter asked uh, through Twitter about it, and of course, Hamill gave the most, you know, Mark Hamill answer and said it's standard Princess Rex screen equipment. But okay, but basically, yes, you're right. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, moving on. Yeah, you got next. Yeah, no, but yeah, like I said, this article goes into basically what you said, and it's like yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so, but you know, but Hamill was being, you know. Hamill, so it was cute. Sure. It was entertaining. Right. Yeah. And that was the, the bigger thing out of it. Um, Ghostbusters 2020 will pay tribute to Harold Ramis and Egon Spinkler. Um, so, yeah. Just to, yeah, as expected, I guess. But apparently, I, and I still have yet to see these other Ghostbusters, which I know some people don't like because they don't like women. Um, and it's maybe not Wait, good. You didn't, get it, you didn't get it uh, as part of the I did. Bundle. still haven't watched it. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I, yeah, I was about to say like I, that would have sucked if, if like. Oh no, no, yeah, I did. I definitely have it, but and I think I had it before that, but from a similar thing. Uh, right. I think we well, I'm just referring class, to but. yeah. For, for those of you in the audience, I'm just referring to the uh, conversion to uh, movies anywhere, and right. it, it became one of the movies that was uh, bundled along whenever you uh, converted your digital library to movies anywhere. Right. But um, so, but I bring that movie up to saying is they they had a. Um, they had a tribute to Harold Ramis in that movie also. And of course, um, um, uh, um, um, Ernie Hudson and uh, Dan Aykroyd was also in that movie, but not as them, not as their Ghostbusters sales, but you know, right. Playing different roles. Exactly. But they did do a tribute there. And according to this argue, uh, article, uh, Dan Aykroyd came out and said, I miss him a lot. He was of course, a really intelligent, great writer and a collaborator. We played tribute to him in the movie that Paul Fag uh, is a fake. Made with the girls, uh, he was there in a bust, and Billy and I showed up to work uh, on that because we had faith in that vision. So we paid tribute to Harold there, and of course, we will recognize him in this film in some way, however small. So, okay, yeah. So there you go. Um. Right. So next, next up, up uh, there is a trailer out for the new animated Scooby Doo movie. And it gives us the first look in uh, at these characters in a modern uh, CG aesthetic. It's Scooby Doo Origins, right? And it has uh, <laughs> and it teases an origin story for uh, Scooby and uh, at least the relationship between Scooby and Shaggy. From what well, I know, actually, it is, it is that plus the 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 makings of the Mystery Inc. Okay, yeah. So all of that kind of comes out of this. I don't like the voice of Shaggy. Who is it? Uh, Will Forte. Okay, and I, I like Will Forte. I just don't. I, I if you, you would watch the trailer, have uh, Matthew Lillard. I mean, I've, well, you know what? I still never seen any of those movies. I don't think. Actually, I take that back. I, I did watch. I think I watched a, a clip of one of those. I mean, he does a he good. Right. He does a yeah, good he does pretty good. So, yeah, but um, I'm not so keen on. Uh, I'm not sure if I cared for the Velma one either. But there's no, you know, the thing about her or surrounding her is it is what it is. I'm not worried about that part. But I don't know. The voice is just obviously I'm going off of the classic voices, so mm-hmm. it is what it is on that one. Um, apparently, Blue Falcon is in it, and Mark, Mark Falcon. I mean, Mark Wahlberg is playing Blue Falcon. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is going to be a thing. Um, I, you didn't watch the trailer? No. 
Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Um, so yeah, it's out there if you if you're interested in it. The 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 Shaggy and Scooby stuff in the, in the trailer was actually kind of cute, but at the same time, like I don't know, the, the voices were weird. Um, I believe. Wait, is yes, Frank Welker is uh, is renewing his role as Scooby because. Which is still weird to me. He does. He, Frank Welcome Walker. You know him. Transformers. All every other voice. Megatron. Uh, exactly. Every other voice he's ever done. But he's also done a bunch of bunch of animal voices, including Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. So that one still. Rest assured, that one stays the same. Next up, you got this. Oh, uh, Showtime's Halo TV series cast Jacob and Miranda Keys. If you're not familiar with the Halo universe, this means absolutely nothing to you. Um. I, and I don't have enough knowledge. In the, the, I know that name, but whatever. So David Sapani of Penny Dreadful will play Captain Jacob Keys, described as a delightful military man, a war hero, and caring father. He finds out that working alongside his daughter and ex-wife is usually the, the cause for conflict rather than comfort. Olive Gray, Half Moon Investigations, has been cast as his daughter, Dr. Miranda Keys. A brilliant UNSC commander who is dedicated to understanding the technology, language, and culture of the Covenant. But she'll have to learn to navigate the policy system UNCS to get what she wants. And the friction between father and daughter will be explored in the new series. Okay. Sure. Halo Next fans up. know uh, <laughs> Halo fans were on top of every freaking word. Like I said, sure. I know who Keys is, but I haven't played enough for Halo to I'm not all, all up on the lore. If your code name ain't Master Chief, I'm not. I'm not understanding <laughs> that. So next There's up, that. next yeah. uh, Netflix is adapting the acclaimed comic book series The Sandman. It is actually still in pre-production, but co-creator Neil uh, Neil Gaiman has confirmed that work is already underway for a potential second season. So despite, it's good on them, despite there not being a first season yet. So. Go figure. I mean, sure. I mean, hey, that happens. And just in case they get picked up, you know, get ahead of it. Um, cool. Let's see. Uh, the Witcher on Netflix has been renewed for a second season. And again, the first season isn't even out yet. <laughs> so, hey, good on um, um, Superman. He's, he's, he's got another, another season under his belt. So the first season of The Witcher on Netflix is still more than a month away, but hopefully fans of the game and the books get a shot of good news as they, uh, when Lauren Hisrich revealed that a second season has been confirmed. They're really doubling down on this. Um, so I'm like, I think, I think we may have said it before, they may have like seven seasons of this built out because there's, there's a, a few books. I mean, there's a lot of books in The Witcher series, so I'm not surprised they got a lot of content they, they can pull from. So go for it. Next up. All right, so uh, Valiant Entertainment's director of marketing, Mel Kylo, has de- has departed the company for a role at Netflix uh, to work as a synopsis editor for the streaming service. Kylo has had a long career working in the comics industry, starting at Wizard and then moving on to stints at Top Cow, Arkea, Boom, and then most recently, Valiant. So if I get that right, he's going to be the one overseeing the folks who put the the um, the flavor text on the, the the movies and TV shows, which in some cases are hilarious, and some a lot of cases need some help. 
Yes. Because it feels like a lot of stuff is like, did you even watch what you're what you're talking about? <laughs> Sounds like they had some interns do it. So yeah, really. Or something. I would have loved to have done that, but then again, I would have had to, you know, you do it watch right. It. Exactly. I had to watch it some a lot of that crap. So that's not always worth it. But some of the stuff on there is quite amusing. Anywho, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is back with a new look and fewer human teeth. So after the hubbub about the Sonic movie's um, original CG license uh, likeness and social media going very crazy over it, they have and they this is old news that they were going to affect these changes, but apparently um, the changes have been uh, put into this new trailer that is just out that just came out and it's. Hey, he looks more Sonic-like now. Oh, yeah. He definitely looks like he's ripped from the screen, so. Yeah, and apparently uh, Tyson Hesse um, was brought on board, who uh, I know is a Tyson fan, is a, a Sonic fan, and I believe, uh, um, I feel like we know that name in the comic section. I, I know that name from somewhere, I can't remember else. Um, had a hand in the redesign. So... Hence why he looks more. If you're watching the video, you can see the the um, the um, <laughs> the differences between the old Sonic and the new Sonic. Right, they're subtle for know. casual viewers. That's the thing. Well, I guess for casual viewers, it's a subtle change. But for those of us who had at least some exposure to the Sega video game, it's well, definitely a step in the right direction. The human teeth was really weird. Like, like, did they try to put some, like, did they put a little person in a Sonic uh, Sonic costume and just play like it was CG or something? Or what's going on? That was a conscious choice and somebody made the wrong one. Yeah, basically. But, but, and I saw somebody on Twitter was like, you see what bullying and shaming does for, for, for you? As if to talk about, you know, body shaming. I I think it was constructive criticism. I so. mean, no, 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 no. It was, I assumed they meant it as a joke. I don't know, but at the right. same time, there is something to it, but um, because let's face it, people get by shamed all the time. It's not that far different from what happened here, but different strokes, different things. Regardless, yeah, that's the thing. Never helped. I was about to say that never helped Rob Liefeld, but anyway. Yeah, uh, you're right. Moving on. Um, Anthony Daniels, the voice and actor behind C-3PO, has put out a new book entitled, a memoir entitled, I Am C-3PO, The Inside Story. And uh, he revealed a lot about his 40... I'm sorry? Get it? Because he was inside the costume. Ah. And he reveals a lot about his 40-plus years of adventures within the Star Wars universe. And without going too much farther into the article, there may be some light spoilers for Rise of the Skywalker that is in this article and possibly in the book, I guess, I'm assuming, but definitely in this article. Okay. So, yeah. Including something I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about Star Wars. Because, like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily... I don't think this article talks about what happens, but it, it may allude to something that I was talking about. I don't know. Next up, Bozeman's Chadwick Bozeman's. I don't know what's wrong with this to who wrote this thing, but Chadwick Bozeman's audition for Guardians' Drax led to Black Panther casting. So this is something I did not know. That apparently Chadwick Bozeman tried out for Drax in uh Guardians of the Galaxy movies. That's news to me. Yeah. Um and obviously he did not make it, but he got a better part out of the deal. But that's weird to know. I mean, because, well, I don't know how big 
both me, but in comparison to um, Batista, you know. Sure. Oh, you mean physique wise? Yeah. Oh, they don't compare. That's I know. That's what I'm saying. But you know, that's that's a, a, as you said earlier, a stark difference. But right. um, so apparently, again, coming out of that um um, oh, apparently this is also coming out of that uh, documentary you talked about. Right. Exactly. And I've watched this documentary. Now I'm going to have to rewatch it to see this clip. That yes. apparently there is a bit of Bose, uh, Chadwick Boseman's audition on that clip. Yeah. So, which means I'm definitely going to have to um, watch this, this said um, commercial slash documentary. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Speaking as we know, Chadwick Boseman ended up getting Black Panther, duh. But, you know, that's this is definite news. Yeah, speaking of the same documentary and some of the news coming out of it, uh, there's a rumor out there that Marvel's Moon Knight series is going to tie into the Blade film, and that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it kind of does. Definitely does. You know, I mean, because you know the you know the Marvel Knights thing aside, there you know there's there's ties there between the, the absolutely two characters. So, hey, I'm I'm for it. <laughs> all the sense, all the sense. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if this actually comes to any truth to this or if it's just, you know, like wishing in the realm of rumors. Uh, Disney Plus already has hit 10 million signups since launching on Tuesday. Um, So, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, basically. Um, So, yeah, a lot of folks signed up like so 10 million signups since launching. This was not you know fools like us who who pre-ordered mind you we should um or is it actually i don't know well it says here yeah the flagship dream officially launched yesterday and already has surpassed 10 million signups while tuesday's launch did come with some technical issues and boy did it uh that prevented users from connecting with the service it still appears that a good amount of customers were able to sign up for the equally uh, so yeah so this is basically so this is what i said wasn't signups and wasn't pre-orders it was people signing up on the day it came out that's well, crazy. remember, they didn't make that the bundle available until the day of. No, they had. Well, we talked about bundles. No, uh, the Hulu and the Hulu and Disney Plus. That was one of them that did before. Plus? Yeah. Was it available? Oh, oh, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that version as that was. You're right. They they um, right. they talked about there being one before. Yes. But right. Yeah, that but wasn't available until day of launch. Correct. So that probably had some. Uh, probably had some effect on this, but uh, yeah, obviously there is a landslide of people trying to get on. So, but also, and it had a bunch of you know, like I said, like I said, people like us who pre-ordered. And it was a bunch of people. Uh, if you look on social media, everybody and grandma felt like either they were going to, you know, going to do it or have already signed up for it right. in one way, shape, or form, and yep. you know. So yeah, so to put the numbers in perspective, uh, Netflix reportedly having sixty million paid domestic members and over ninety-seven million international uh, in its third quarter of twenty nineteen, uh, which we are heading into, which we are already into the fourth quarter. So yeah, um, the Disney-owned Hulu reported well whatever uh, reported having more than twenty-eight million subscribers in May. CNBC notes it took five years for CBS to reach eight million streaming subscribers combined for CBS All Access and Showtime, which that's combined that for both of those services. Wait, that makes sense. Right, well, yeah, but CBS all they, all they all they were enticing people with was Star Trek, right? But I wait, has it been 
five years for CBS All Access? That doesn't sound right. But the no, Showtime probably thing, counting Showtime. I know. Yeah, they're, they're definitely counting Showtime because like I know CBS All Access hadn't been around that long. But regardless, no, I was about to say it's definitely been around for I think three years though. That sounds about right. That sounds closer anyway. But regardless, right. eight million viewers in that length of time to get to the you know even part of the way that Disney Plus did since two days ago. Right. I mean, come on. If they didn't have Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck money bins right now, which they did have probably four or five of them, they're probably adding two or three more. All right, speaking of which, DuckTales is available. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And to, to push this along, um, Gargoyles creator launches Twitter. Gargoyles, also on Disney+, Plus, um, launches Twitter campaign in hopes of reviving the show. Now, we've kind of talked about something similar to this. Like, Greg Weissman has been out there talking about somebody had asked him. Um, yeah, last year, last week, I believe, somebody asked him, like, what would you do on Gargoyles that you couldn't get done? And he basically saying, hey... Hey, anything could happen saying that, you know, it could possibly get put back on the air. Well, I mean, this is the same Greg Weissman. Also, that sure ran um, Young Justice, who also went through a similar campaign and worked and got a third and another fourth season, I believe, is coming on uh, DC Universe or whatever that ends up being. So anyway, um, when it was first announced that Gargoyles would be fans, you know, Gargoyles is apparently a way beloved uh, show that I never got into. And definitely. I can't, and I, I can't say that, that show. right. And I can't say it was after my time because I was still watching like DuckTales and stuff and going to school, you know, in half of the Disney afternoon. But for some strange reason, that one kind of passed, passed me by. Like, I think I might have seen a one hour uh, episode. I've talked about mm-hmm. that before. So it's regardless. Sure. Um, right, so basically up. he's saying that in his own words, we can live again. Keep binging hashtag, keep binging gargoyles on hashtag Disney plus. This is exactly how the young justice fandom, like I said earlier, was right. brought back, brought young justice back. It can happen to gargoyles too. Absolutely. So keep hashtag, keep binging gargoyles. Keep hope alive. Exactly. So, um, next up, uh, speaking of binge watching, uh, Disney plus did not, Repeat did not fix the Star Wars Clone Wars show ordering. And this is something that I was made aware of when I finally did my binge rewatch through uh, less uh, graceful means. I feel like I told you about that. Right. No, but I did my rewatch through less graceful means. Sure. But so you got I I looked up the uh, the viewing order. Yeah, I think I gave you that for you, you know, which is the same That's article. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. No, but my point is, uh, people are reminded. <laughs> uh, yeah, people- I so, so I put this in. I put this in lineup as a reminder. There was no articles about this. This is me doing it out there because that was the other thing I did um, during my perusal of Disney Plus because I wanted to see if they went and changed the the, the Clone Wars um, ordering to the chronological order. They did not. It is still in the same order that it has been since it was on Netflix and all that kind of jazz. So I put this uh, the chronological episode order back in the lineup just for folks who might want to do a binge watch one of these days because if you're like me, you... If if you didn't go through, if you went through it like I did and was really perplexed about that whole first oh, season, I, yeah, exactly as it was released, yeah, yeah, then it was like, huh, that's weird. But now there's a from Star Wars themselves, you know, the, exactly. the correct order you should watch it in, and it's Let's definitely not the, in the order of, of how they have it on Disney. Oh, Disney. definitely not because the most surprising thing is that you jump to the second season, mm-hmm. to second to and watch. third. 
Right. So it is definitely not in the order of release. And that is uh, uh, something you need to keep at the ready when you are doing your rewatch. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, just, just to recap, it goes like this. There's an episode in season two, back to an episode in, in season one, the movie, then a couple of episodes in season three, the first couple of, well, a first two, two or three episodes in well, two out of the first se- uh, of, uh, I'm confusing things. A couple of episodes out of season three, then it goes back to season one, and then it, everything else is kind of sort of right from there with the, yeah. with the one or two exceptions. It's, it's on StarWars.com, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Look it up. And it is in our show notes as because I really want, I was really hoping, I actually, I knew they weren't going to do it, but I just wanted, I had to see, I had to know. So, and now we know, and now you have the chronological order straight from them, so you can have at it. Next up, um, the complete series of Teen Titans, not Teen Titans Go, Teen Titans. Right. That's where to, I always mix it up. <laughs> heads to Blu-ray with special features. So yeah, that first original, the first season that people grouse about um, Teen Titans Go taking taken up, and well, I guess Injustice uh, 2, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> is not getting a Blu-ray release, which is kind of a bummer to me because I got them all on do, uh, DVD. Mm. And it's also out there on uh, uh, it's on DCU, DC, yeah. DCU, which I bought that before uh, DC Universe was a thing. So, sure. but hey, Blu-ray, bigger the quality. I'm sure. I'm going to hope they're going to up the um, if they haven't already. I don't know. I haven't checked on DCU. Check the, the, they're going to up-res it like they did with Batman Beyond uh, and um, whatever else. Uh, Batman. Uh, but it doesn't say here whether they're going to do that. It just basically says that it's coming to Blu-ray on December 3rd with, you know, with the okay. features and whatnot. So if you are so inclined, go for it. All right. Next up, um, in the latest uh, volley in the streaming wars, Netflix and Nickelodeon are teaming up to take on Disney Plus by announcing a multi-year deal to produce original animated content based on the Nickelodeon library and new characters. Yeah, now they've already kind of been doing this because they have there's been a couple of uh, specials on Netflix already from that with a Nickelodeon thing, so I guess this is official cuz I know there was a Invader Zim thing and I believe a Rocco's Modern Life None of which I have really an affinity for, affinity for, but hey, you 90s kids, go for it. So, good, cool. There's, not, there's probably not going to be a you can't do that on television um, one, so boo. Uh, next up, Spike Lee to direct 1980s set hip-hop Romeo and Juliet tale Prince of Cats. So, shout out to Ron Wembley, the writer and artist of that. Um, I had never read this book. Um, but I, I saw it and, um, you know, saw some things about it. So Legendary is developing the film based on a graphic novel written and illustrated by, like I said, Ron Wimberly. Uh, Spike Lee is headed to uh, the filmmaker who last directed Black Klansman, has closed the deal to redirect Prince of Cats. Legendary is an adaptation to girls. He will also rewrite the script and work with Wimberly and scribe Selwyn Sefu Hines. Who, if I'm not mistaken, did he not write for like Vibe and Source? The name rings a bell. Yeah, the, the folks in the hip hop circle know that knows that name. So hopefully, mm-hmm. um, Spike Lee won't screw up too much, and hope Wimbley won't let him go too crazy. Ah. That's all I'm gonna say. So, right. congrats. 
Next up, uh, keeping Roddy Cat far away from this story. <laughs> oh, I've said my piece. I'm done. Um, the Greedo actor has now reacted to the McClunky edit. and uh, It was definitely McClunky. And, <laughs> and uh, Paul Blake, one of the two actors who played the Rodian bounty hunter. Um, uh, what else does he say here? I don't know what he says here, but who cares? Um, you know, he, he probably says something along the lines of, yeah, it wasn't. He basically says, I, he said, I don't, certainly don't remember the word McClunky. He added, are you sure that's not the noise he made when, when his very hit was it brittle green head hit the table or was he yeah. saying ouch and Rodian just before he fired. So that's yeah. Uh, but he also goes into um, some a couple of little things that it um, about the the recording of what um, what was actually said. By the way, there is um, the, I, I know we got to speed this along just a little bit, but um, there was a, another thing out there um, I saw on Twitter, and I didn't get a, an article for it that showed um, basically. Uh, Chewbacca and Han's interactions, but you know it was the um, I can't now. Why am I drawing a blank on who played Ch- Chewbacca? Regardless, um, um, them running through the lines before the um, before the vocal um, overdubbing happened. Oh, okay. So it was it was actually kind of neat to see. You, know, you saw you know Chewbacca basically uh, speaking in English to Han and Han reacting to it, right. You know. So, but again, it was before the the um, the overdubbings. So it's kind of cool thing to see if you get to uh, get to check it out. I believe that might be on Star Wars's um, uh, Twitter account, but I can't remember where I saw it. But I know I saw it online. Regardless, Disney Plus settles. I, mean, I was listening to. I was about to say that's listening to Peter Mayhew's English accent. Thank you, uh, Peter Peter Mayhew. Wow, well, know why I even blanked on that. Yes, which actually I was to see if it would come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was hoping it would too, but sometimes my mind. I don't know, whatever. But um. Which weirdly, if as I remember, um, yeah, he is distinctly British, but at the same time, there was a couple of times listening to that thing. It was, it's almost like he was just yelling it, you know, not necessarily in British English, but it was weird, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But it was, a, it's a good, it, it's a good thing to go check that out. Um, if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, Disney Plus settles debate over whether Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. And I'm just going to say, just like I said on Twitter, even if they didn't say one way or the other, it still is to me. Okay. Because if you know, Shane Black, who directed um, Iron Man 3, also, I believe, um, directed Die Hard. I might be wrong about that. No, no. He didn't direct that. He did not. So regardless, a lot of Shane Black's movies is set around Christmas. <laughs> but whatever, I I I I I put Die Hard into that. I actually he might have done a. Uh, he might have done a script work on some script work on because that's what he was famous for. Mm. Shane Black was also Predator. Mm-hmm. Also in Predator and ended up doing a Predator. Movie. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, but yeah, but a lot of Shane Black's movies were, which is one of the things I kind of w- weirded me out about Iron Man three, and some people, uh, not a lot of people, don't really like it anyway for uh, various reasons. Mm-hmm. Not the Christmas part, but Iron Man three was weird. Like it was basically um, Long Kiss Goodnight, which I believe he actually did do, but Iron Man, that was a whole weird thing, which was also set around Christmas, by the way. Mm-hmm. So hey, there you go. 
Last but not least in the uh, movie, TV, entertainment section of the news, CBS TV Studios and the Television Academy Foundation have formed a partnership, uh, uh, a Star Trek internship program to let students get practical experience around the Star Trek universe. The Star Trek Command Training Program is an internship open to both undergrad and college students. What? To both to <laughs> undergrad right. students all across the nation in 2020. Too late for us, old geezer. I know, right? I, that's the exact same thing I said when I read this. Two interns per semester will get a chance to work on a Star Trek series and get an in-depth look at the production process for the series. That's cool. I mean, I never finished my degree. I could probably go back, but I doubt they would still do it. But that's still Oh, cool. that counts. I know, but uh, you have that's, matriculated. That's a, that's, a, that's a long way to go just to, just for a chance. <laughs> <laughs> like I would love to be on a Star Trek show. Sure, give, just give me a voice or something or Star Wars. It doesn't matter. I'm at this point. I'm for, whatever. Anyway, uh, applications for the for, for, or the program are open, and they will be open until G- January twenty first, twenty twenty. Final selections will be announced at the end of that March of twenty twenty. So, hey, if you are so inclined, go check it out. And also, I will go ahead and extend a congratulations to Anthony Rapp, who I believe got married to his fiance, um, or they got engaged. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, they they were a very cute couple, looks like so. No, I think he was he got engaged because it was like because I think I saw his thing and said he got, he said yes. So yeah. Anyway, congrats. Next up, now we're going into the comic book news, and we're going to use the the transition that is in my head because I've been binge watching Spidey and his amazing Spider Man and his amazing friends, which is the exact same transition that I was alluding to earlier that I did not have on mine. Oh, so you. And by the way, just uh, uh, I'll get on my little soapbox here just for a half second and say that uh, I now remember why I appreciated the Firestar character, and it is a shame that uh, they have not been able to do as much with her in the comics as they did in a couple of short seasons of this animated show. It's true. Yeah, because you're right, because she had like a one-shot book, and then they put her, actually, as of recently, the last time she showed up in an X-book was, what, probably about three, two, three years ago? Probably more right. than like. Yeah, right. She had a decent amount of shine in the 90s. She was on the New Warriors, and then, right. uh, obviously, she's on the New Warriors. She was part of the launch team with that, and then um, she was an Avenger for a, a good yes, amount of a time. a brief moment with Justice, After- yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But after that, uh, it's been tough going for uh, Angelica Absolutely. Jones. So, yeah. uh, you know, obviously she was a stand in for Mary Jane Watson, but still <laughs> she was not a love interest of Peter. But I get what you're saying. Yes. You know? um, hey, she was you know, whatever. You know what? I'm not going to say that because it was a cartoon. It's just, you know, but yes, I, I love me some, some Firestar from back then. Remember when they, they dressed up as uh, uh, co- um, Halloween costumes, but they went kind of as themselves. Actually, no, they didn't, because uh, she went as Medusa, which I was like, right. oh, that's a cut. That's a deep cut, and I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I skimmed past that episode. i got to yeah. go back and rewatch it. And I think Peter went as himself as Spider-Man. Yeah, Peter, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Spidey went as a bu- in a budget costume, I think. Mm-hmm. So, And, of course, the one I had to see, which uh, if you watch oh, my Instagram. For, huh? Iceman went as Cap. Yes, that is right. Speaking yeah, of yeah. Cap, seven little heroes, seven little superheroes, which is uh, probably one of my favorite Spider-Man and Amazing Friends. I was watching that earlier today at the time. Of oh, recording. I gotta watch that. I love that one. This is a great one. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, the Riverdale gang goes forward. We could talk about the, the stuff we watch on Disney Plus all freaking day. Um, that's another podcast. The the Riverdale gang goes full Hitchcock in season three preview. So um, this is not for the show. This is for the comic series. Uh, apparently, there's a Riverdale season three, and um, I'm guessing this is based off of the show or not. I'm not even, I don't even know. I don't even know where, um, Archie comics is at this point. I know there's a lot of stuff regardless, November 3rd season, uh, Riverdale season three, number one comes out and there's a, apparently they're liking it to rear window, the Hitchcock movie. So take with that as you will next. Okay. Next up, uh, after Tim Drake chose a new superhero name in Young Justice number eight, readers had to wait two issues to see the hero unveil his new costume in issue number 10. He's now going by the code name Drake, but not rapping in a lame voice. Thank God. On his capeless suit in the climax of the team's battle against their evil crime syndicate of America counterparts from Earth 3. Yeah, that was the weird thing about that run, because I can't remember if I said it or not. It's like he, like, I, the, the the Drake thing, like yeah, they that came out and that said that, but it's like he had his old costume and then poof, he had this new costume, like mm-hmm. no way, like all of a sudden he just had it and they didn't really go into as to why which I don't know, I mean or where he got it from, we we know kind of where he got it from, but whatever it was it was just weird, but that's Bendis, so it is what it is, um yes and Tim our, our Tim uh, <laughs> who wrote this article notes the the distinctions in the costume. So go check that out. Um, Batman just came, became the most powerful lantern in the DC multiverse again. So apparently this is uh, from Batman universe from last week, I believe. And yeah, Batman does it all again. Boo. Next. <laughs> uh, Jessica Cruz wrestles with Omega power in justice <laughs> league odyssey number 15. So that is in this week's odyssey. Mm-hmm. I need to catch up on this because um, I've that whole that thing is I've heard decent things about that book and Dan Abbott is writing it who's you know from the Marvel front we know has done some stuff some good stuff so but I need to check it out I haven't and we already talked about what happened to her previously before this so yeah we don't need to go back on that crisis on infinite earth's giant number one pushed back a month so DC informed retailers that Crisis on Infinite Earths Giant number one has been pushed back four weeks to a new January 15, 2020 release date. It was originally solicited for a December 18th release date. Uh, the publisher didn't specify a reason for the change, nor give any further reason clues uh, as to why the issue would contain. Wait, clues as to what the issue would contain besides the previously announced 24 pages of new stories uh, plus classic reprints. I mean, judging by the title, we know what it's going to be based off of, sounds like. Okay. So that's something. Next. All right, next up, Raphael Grandpa, not Grandma, has created a new previously unsolicited variant cover for December's The Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child, I Want the Knife, Which the, the upcoming the, DC Black Label one-shot that returns to Frank Miller's Dark Knight continuity with Carrie Kelly in the mantle of Batwoman. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Now, which I was going to say that this uh, image is very striking of a real wildlife um, um picture that was circulating around social media at a certain time uh, a, a year or two or a few years back during a certain protest. Sure. So if you're watching the video, you can see that uh, this, uh, the cover in itself. So cool. 
what if DC's Black Knight, Blackest Night, was even darker? Tales of the Dark Multiverse goes here. That this is something for this week's uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse issue that came out. Um, and I guess Tim Celia says it's a straight up horror comic, one that imagines a world where Blackest Night ended with the black guys, bad guys winning. So you're the villain, just not, but in what if form? I that's my editorialization. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Next. All right. Brian Bendis has revealed that Hawkgirl and her home planet of Thanagar will play a role in both Superman in the titles Superman and Legion of Superheroes. So uh Part of the story is going to be in modern day in Superman and a thousand years from now is going to be set in, in part in the Legion of Superheroes book at the same time. All right, cool. Next. Um, yeah, apparently Ben dislikes a Hawkwoman. Go figure. Uh, Leviathan to return to secret Leviathan Dawn number one. So uh, you've already talked about what happened, something that happened in the event, uh, event Leviathan from this week. Yes, we find out who it, who Leviathan is. So, so apparently that yeah, so yeah, so apparently that that person will return in Action Comics and in uh, whatever new book this is. Mm-hmm. So okay, cool. Leviathan. Dog. Wait, question: Is this someone that someone would really know out of these universes? Is someone new? I'm just I'm just curious. Uh, spoiler alert! Ding ding ding! I mean, you don't have to uh, say who it is, just but you know. It is a character that is pre-exist that is a pre-existing character. Okay, the question got it. Next, I'm just. Nah, it's, um, it's not. I'll spoil I know, that. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, All right. Next up, uh, Pop Pez DC Comics are coming soon, so you can. Bring home your favorite DC comic superheroes and supervillains in a pop Pez form. So uh, I guess these are pop-based uh, Pez dispensers. That is correct. And there's a Green Lantern one if you're watching the video. Uh, Lex Luthor, I assume Armored Lex Luthor, Green Arrow, and Hot Girl. Or, yeah, that's Hot Girl. I'm going to assume that's Hot Girl because, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, in other pop news, um, there are actually more pop pairs news in the um, in the My Hero Academia forum, which they are also getting pop versions of uh, Pez dispenser. I know somebody who is actually I don't know if they're fully collecting them, but I know who likes Pez enough to like start collecting that stuff. And I know there are collectors of that scene. Oh, absolutely. Um, I haven't seen them in a while, but that's that's interesting. I like Pez enough, but not enough to. Well, some people just you know you can you know you can make a collectible hobby out of so many things. So. Oh, for sure. And I remember like I've I've had my moment with, with pairs and I'm like, hey, those are that's neat and had the thing. I couldn't tell you where those things are to save my life. Yeah. Anyway, next up, I definitely have a Spider-Man one laying around here somewhere. Of course, you do. Um, <laughs> no cap surprise. I I don't think uh, at the time when uh, someone got me that Pez dispenser, I don't think they had very many Captain Americas out there. Sure. So. Uh, this is pre way, way, way before the MCU. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, sp- speaking of pop figures, though, uh, the Fantastic Four wave is coming in January 2020. So, that uh, that fictitious but actually real embargo on Fantastic Four um, <laughs> goods that uh, went out the window when uh, Fox was bought by Marvel is gone and now we've got Marvel Legends and now pop figures a whole horde of pop figures some good looking ones actually 
and they some of them look so good. Mm-hmm. You know, the Galactus one seems like it should be there should be a scale Galactus, but in any know. event, some of these are super super awesome, and they are long standing uh, um, needs or wants in the pop collection. Yeah, and then people give pop pop um, a lot of flack, which you know some for some do reason, but people just hate on. Funko Pops for no good reason. Like, if you don't like them, fine, but don't let other people enjoy them. I mean, that's strange, but at the same time, I understand, you know, I mean, I, I'm more critical of the collection aspect of it, like the whole, like, you can't, you know, even have a beat up box. So, well, yeah, this is, this is not even going that far, but yeah, right. yeah, but, which they would be mad at me because I got a couple of beat up boxes. Anyway, some of these I might end up getting. I have open ones. They hate me. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I get some space, I'm gonna open up a couple of mine. I really would. I wish I had gotten my when my um uh, the the comic book shop closest to me went out of business. They still had an 18 pop one, and I should have gotten it when they had it on sale. And I'm mad at myself when I because it didn't. Oh, you mean the four? They had like a set of four. No, they had the 18 van, and I think oh, yeah, 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 came yeah. with it. Yeah, that's the that's the one that I held off on. I didn't right. get the I got the four. I got the members of the team, but yeah, um, I get the van. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Next up, uh, oh, you got next. I think so. Yeah, uh, October's X Men number one powers comics sales to the highest total in three years. Not that okay. big of a surprise. So apparently, uh, X Men number one did some numbers, uh, and the top ten rounds out with Powers of X, Powers of Ten number six, which is number three, House of X number six, number four, and Marauders number one is number ten. So, hey, guess what? The X-Quantity Universe did some numbers, like I said. Exactly. Cool. Exactly, exactly. All right, next up, uh, something that I referenced earlier. Marvel Comics has informed retailers that X-Men issues number four through six have been postponed by the publisher. Hmm. This two weeks after retailers were told that X-Men number four will feature a different story than originally solicited. So December 18th, X-Men number four has been pushed back to January 1st, which is not that bad. Leading January's January 1st, X-Men number five to likewise be pushed back two weeks to January 15th. Marvel has postponed January 15th, X-Men number six, three weeks to a new February 5th release date. So the publisher did not inform retailers why this was occurring uh, to this planned twice monthly title. However, the originally solicited creators are still slotted to work on these issues. So uh, I know people's wallets will appreciate the break. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we've remarked not only about the X corner, the Dawn of X books, but even the Black Cat annual this week had something very specific in its print. Um, uh, yes, and I know, forgot to mention that in my notes. I totally forgot to mention that in my, in my notes. Yeah, because I basically said that, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good thing that this book came out on time. Right. Because and of that really specific date that it had in it. Right. It's really remarkable that they're hitting these publication dates. Let's see if Doomsday Clock does the same thing. Shots fired. So we also remarked earlier about this particular thing about how whether it was going to knock out, knock or change something in continuity of the X. Uh, I don't think it will because I suspect, and this is me speculating, that by the time it gets to these issues, that reading order is just for the beginning stuff. And then everything is just going to go off on its own. So I don't think it's going to 
kill too much. I don't think it's going to mess with it too much, personally. But we don't know. Exactly. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, you got next. Uh, X-Men's Final Dawn of X comic teases the debut of a villainous god, and this is for this week's Fallen Angel, which we did not talk about, but we did talk, I mean, we don't talk about the book, but we did not talk right, about we not this to part spoil of it. <laughs> right, yeah, so apparently there's, well, we said enough about it, basically it leans back into, um, well, actually that part didn't, didn't talk about this part. Regardless, there's, um, there's, uh, Strange Things Afoot at the Circle K, or Krakoa or whatever. Um, that was a very undue uh, Bill and Tater reference. Whatever. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's uh, the shenanigans that we slightly kind of alluded to earlier outside of the world of Krakoa uh, and fueling this this book um, is was introduced in that book and will play out somewhere. Um, next. next up, uh, Marvel reveals a secret player from an Avengers weekly event series. So this was, um, again, with the uh, book we, we talked about exactly what we discussed in, uh, agents of Wakanda, right? Right. So we yeah. did not talk about this person showing up, but we did talk about what they did or we are rather, we talked yeah. about something surrounding what they did. So basically right. we can go ahead and spoil it and say that. Uh, the gardener, one of the elders of the universe, shows up, does something with the moon, uh, in because the the Earth had been taken during the time of um, um, Avengers you No know, Surrender, right, uh, and done some things that that um, that uh, were brought into play in this issue of Black Panther and the Ages of Wakanda. Right, and that's why we were wondering where uh, OG Nick Fury is, Mister, right. uh, or anyone who who's would be on right. the the uh, the moon at this point to notice this. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, which at the time that it was originally done, they they were not. Well, Nick, or Nick Fury, yes, but well, yeah, yeah, sure, he was. Anyway, the comics, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Twenty twenty Marvel Comics event incoming to have launch parties. Incoming! Yeah, the incoming stuff that retailers have to pay for. Um, Which I know they're happy about that. Not really. But anyway, the one shot that will shape the future of the Marvel Universe into 2020 and beyond hits stores on December 26th and participating comic book shops near you will be hosting or maybe hosting, I don't know, because I know my guy probably was like, nah, probably, I don't know. Yeah, he's not trying to stay out, stay open that late. <laughs> yeah, or or whatever, because I know the last couple of times that they, like, even for the Iron Man stuff and the other stuff, he's like, nah, I'm just, you know, I'm doing this and that, but I'm not, that's, no, that's whatever. Uh, lunch parties will feature exclusive offerings, grab a party variant by um, Jorge Molina that shows your favorite heroes readying themselves for this massive event by donning mysterious eternity masks. Also, collectors can start planning ahead to the new year with 2020 calendars. So, yeah. always welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- that stuff is always neat. I'm pretty sure you're, exactly. you know. those those Marvel calendars are always welcome. Mm-hmm. I used to love this stuff. Um, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, go check out your local comic shop uh, the day after Christmas and see. Yeah. Uh, if that All happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Marvel revealed the real reason Spider-Man and Black Hat tied the knot. Yeah, we don't want to go into it. Just read the book. Exactly. We talked about well, yeah, We talked about it in our review of the book. Yeah. Um, Deadpool's Mike Hawthorne goes all city in new art book. I saw this on Twitter um, where he was doing his, his art book. Um, so, yeah. 
I feel like we may have actually talked about this last week. I don't remember. But this is this is an article about... I've never seen Yamar Carthon. I didn't know he looked like that. Um, if you're watching the video, you can see what I'm talking about. Um, this 20-year-old comic veteran... Oh, basically it says, uh, if you only know Mike... Hawthorne from his Deadpool or Superior Spider-Man work, you don't know Mike Hawthorne. This 20-year comic book veteran was once known for his knack of switching up art styles to fit each project, but mm-hmm. found his groove a new level of fame with his with a multi-year run on Deadpool. Now, as Hawthorne works on what could be his last Deadpool project, Deadpool at the End, uh, he is showing a raw look at his artwork and all its styles in the 2020 art book All City Volume Zero. Uh, currently going through Kickstarter with a November 20th deadline. So it says here that um, All City Volume Zero is what the artist tells uh, Newsarama in is an all-access, quote-unquote, pass to his work. And it goes on to be an article talking to Mike Hawthorne about the book. Mm-hmm. So, so cool. If you like his artwork, go check it out. You can see one one picture of, I think that's the cover, actually, of the, the book um, on the video. Which sometimes, hey, you may want to watch the video because, you know, you can check out some stuff. Sure. So you can see I what we're talking about as opposed to the theater of the mind. Yeah, I met him at New York Comic Con, I think, two years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's ever come down to Heroes. If he has, I must have missed him. I don't know. But then again, I'm not sure if I was reading anything that he was doing anyway. So, right. next. All righty. Uh, the, um, the, What? Just, yeah, just, so just police in Tokyo, Japan, have reportedly <laughs> apprehended a burglar whose modus operandi has earned him the nickname "the Amazing Spider-Man" in reference to the iconic Marvel comic superhero. So this dude uh, broke into a rooftop office in Tokyo Shinjuku neighborhood back in April. Uh, he, uh, the 26-year-old, uh, allegedly broke a window in order to gain access to the building and absconded with. Uh, only six hundred and five bucks. Well, that's U.S. I mean, sixty-six thousand yeah. in you know in Japan is probably you know a good bit more, or I don't know, worth more or something. I don't know. The, the exchange rate is what it is. So, so yeah, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would have gone with Black Cat myself, but I'm just kidding. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's the thing that happens sometimes. Transformers TCG gets amazing Wave One Energon Edition set. Um, so for those of folks, unlike me, uh, who are already on the the uh, well, who like me are on the uh, Transformers TCG train and been trying to collect what they want, this may or may not be for you. So Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast have found a new winning formula with their recent Transformers trading card. Um, I don't know. Some people are telling me it's not taking off everywhere, but at the same time, I, I'm not sure if that's true. They just might not be in their particular area because they're up to one. They're up there with you in New York, so I don't know if you how much of this stuff you've seen. Anyway, the Transformers TGC Wave One Energon Edition will celebrate celebrates the game's first year by giving six of the first wave's characters new art and foil cards in an incredibly slick collector's box that resembles a blue Energon cube. Uh, if the new cards and the fantastic packaging aren't enough, the cube lifts off and reveals a display that will show off the new character cards. So either way, this will be the star of your Transformers TCG display. Okay. Um, you can see the artwork for the cards right now. I still don't have that cliff jumper. I thought I was supposed to get that and I didn't. I'm kind of upset about that. And that's a, like a um, card you can't really get. So and that's just me, of course. And then there's some Decepticon cards here. Um, there's the display. Of, there's the the case in question. Um, with all the accoutrement. 
which that's kind of neat. So, and there you go. It looks like a um, it. You might think it looks like a cosmic cube, but no, it's Energon. That's all I'll say. And then of course there's some packaging for um, I guess that is yeah, it goes through the rest of the packaging as it comes. So cool. Um. I really like that the, the the art on that stuff is pretty good. I haven't not yet to play. I know uh, Matt Wang also um, is a fan of the TCG, so I don't know if he would be interested in this or not. If he's already got a whole complete set, probably does <laughs> of of Wave One and beyond because I know that's at Wave Four now. Uh, I think going into five. Yeah, so that is the thing. Catch it next. Next up, um, this is we have a link to an article uh, that is uh, a guide to uh, the holiday uh, Transformer fans' best wishes. You know, mm-hmm. stuff that's on the shelves um, for uh, Transformer fans for this holiday season. Yeah, I meant to send this to Dirt, but uh, he probably may have already known about it. I don't know. Um, if not, he can see this. Um, if he listens to the show, I don't know if he does. But basically, yeah, it just goes through the levels of the um, the series of the stuff they got. Because there's a lot of stuff that's out, and it, it, they um, service different age levels. Sure. So that, that this kind of goes to the distinguishing this, this distinguishes between those. So it's it's a good little jumping off for that stuff, if you're so inclined. Uh, check out this preview for an all new original graphic novel called "All My Friends Are Ghosts" um, by S. M. Vidari, who has teamed up with Hannah Krieger and Boom Studios to create a new original graphic novel called "What I Just Said." Based on the title alone, it reminds me of Paranorman which I believe was a book that turned into a movie or vice versa. I don't even know. Booms Kaboom Imprint will be publishing the story about discovering and believing in yourself. And we have a preview that you can play. Well, this article has a preview that you can check out below. So cool. Next. All right. Speaking of previews, they, um, you can link to a six page preview of family tree. Number one by Jeff Lemire and Phil Hester. It's a story about an eight-year-old girl literally uh, beginning to transform into a tree. Goodness gracious. Fruit. Or not. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, you can check that out here on this article for the previous stuff if you're so interested. Um, yeah. Um, Jeff Lemire, also of Gideon Falls fame, by the way. Yep. Um, here's another preview. Read the first chapter of the. Oh, so a little behind the scenes. So uh, we did not get a click of the week for um from from Dirt this this week. This was going to be my pick for him. Ah. outside of Gideon Falls because we are, we know he loves uh, Gideon Falls. But I thought about this anyway. Read the first chapter of the Wolf Cop trade here, which just came out this week. Um, so if the title it doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, it's a cop who ends up turning into a wolf. His name is Lou Garou, which if you know what Garou is, yeah, that's, that's a little on the known. So basically it says, ever since hard-drinking local Woodhaven police officer Lou Garou had a late-night bender and stumbled into a dark magic, his life's been turned upside down. Now he wolf- moonlights as Wolf Cop, a rage-fueled, bourbon-swirling, magnum-toting, rabbit warrior of justice. Okay. That tells you all you need to know about that, If even if the title alone didn't. Like, this is basically B-movie material. 
Anyway, next up. All right. Um, <clears throat> on December 18th, Peanuts' Snoopy um, <clears throat> is going in space. Um, in the original graphic novel, Snoopy, a Beagle of Mars, Snoopy's going on what Boom Studios calls his grandest adventure yet. Okay. Not to be confused with John Carter of Mars, I suppose. But yeah. Right. I think that's on Disney Plus. Say what? I think that's on Disney Plus. Probably. They have national the both the National Treasure movies on there, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um which I still haven't seen that second uh, National Treasure movie, and I don't know why I would put myself through that. But I, <laughs> but I but I will. Anyway, Tata Rambo, um hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Uh the unknown civil rights leader revealed in La Voz de, de Mayo. M A Y O. It's as it's uh spelled out, it's not, you know, yeah. Um, the history is how you remember the past and the story of Ramon uh, Jargui. I probably, I'm probably butchering that. I apologize. Um, but also known as Tato Rambo. There's a typo in the title, by the way. Um, was also lost until it was rediscovered by his great-grandson, comics writer uh, Henry Barrages. Barrages. Apologies again. Uh, so this is coming out uh, from Top Cow. And this is an article with the writer about um, w- the, about the book, which came out this week. A real life historical f- figure and uh, the the writer's grand great grandfather. So you can check that out. Okay. And, yeah. Next. Next. Next up on December twenty fifth of this year, writer <laughs> Zeb Wells and artist Will Robson present Peter Porker. Peter Porker. Yes. With a brand new Spider Ham number one one shot. Uh, oh no! Is this is a ongoing series? Or is a one shot? This is is, is not a one ongoing. Definitely, um, it is a limited series. Oh, it's a which, limited. Yeah, a li- it's a limited series. Yes. And uh, try not to read it. Uh, try not to read every line in John Mulaney's voice. But or no. do you know? That's up to you. So uh, I, a little behind the scenes, we sent this to Dirt, who's a big Spider Ham fan for some odd reason. Um, maybe because of John uh, John Mulaney's no, more likely because of Star Comics from the eighties. I mean, sure, there's yeah, we have an affinity there, but yeah, what, regardless of whatever it is, he was excited about this until we saw that it was a limited series. Which I personally, I would kind of want to see Jason Latour write write this. I don't know why, because I have seen some stuff from him. And probably because he had Spider Ham kind of dealing with um, with uh, Gwen for a little bit. I don't know. Right. Maybe it could happen. But regardless, Zeb Wells and Bill Robson's got a thing coming. So have at that as you will. Someone commits murder most murder most Marvel in incoming number one first look. Oh no. Indeed, well played. Uh, someone's dead and someone's a murderer. And who and why will set the stage for the next big Marvel Comics tale? Um, in the first look, in this first look of December twenty fifth, incoming number one. So this is a preview for that. If you are so inclined to check it out, mm-hmm. I think some things I had speculated about um, from a recent miniseries may be coming into play if that preview page is um, any indication. Next up. All right, next up. Um, in the LGBTQ-themed sci-fi comic Kyoko, 
Uh, the eponymous uh, six-year-old hero rebels against the fascist regime, regime controlling her home planet. Um, this is a year, well, part of a year of free comics. Is this? Uh, so apparently, this is. I think this is a free web comic that uh, okay. this, uh, the article, the articles, um, um, writer may have found out about. Sounds like okay. From it seems like. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, follow that link for a free webcomic. Yes, and it sounds like yeah, just yeah, yeah, that's what that's about. So yeah, webcomics—they're still out there, and yeah, this is, sounds like one that um, as of interest uh, to this article, to this to this writer, and some other people maybe. So yeah, webtoons doing some things. I think uh, Sanford Green's got a webtoon comic uh, out there, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that's still going on that, but yeah. Anyway, preview, preview, got another preview for our encounters with evil adventures of Dark uh, Professor JT Mindheart and his assistant Mister Knox. That is a long title. Good gracious. Um, so this is a Mike Mignola book with Warwick Johnson Caldwell's. Um, uh, oh wait. Is getting it so okay. Mike Mignola and Warwick Johnson Caldwell's graphic novel Mr. Hickens Comes Home is getting a sequel in Our Encounters with the Evil Our Adventures of Professor JT Meinhardt and his sister Mr. Knox. Uh, Johnson Caldwell wrote and drew the story with Mignola creating the cover, and Clem Robbins uh, provided the lettering. And there's a preview of it in this article if you are so inclined. So we know a Mike Mignola fan, but it's only because of his art in Hellboy. Ah. <laughs> next up. All right, next up. Uh, the the Flash title at DC will be celebrating 750 issues this February, <laughs> and the going, publisher is going to mark the occasion with an 80-page prestige format anthology similar to the uh, big Detective Comics number 1000 and Action Comics number 1000. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it's going to revert back to its legacy number for that occasion. Good. More, more, more books need to do that and stop. Well, one, stop doing number one, but we know why that's happening. And that's a whole nother right we've already talked about. DC, Year of the Villain, will raise Leviathan's DCU influence even higher. Yay. So this is an interview with Bendis about uh, Year of the Villain and, uh, I guess, event Leviathan and uh, his upcoming upgrade in status so sure okay next All right. next up it's official nebula is getting her own marvel comic so it's going to be uh so her first solo series i don't know if it's limited or ongoing probably limited but uh i don't think it says here and it's Vita Ayala, not Ava Ayala. <laughs> You're going to get that right one of these days. Dang it. Yeah, so it does say it's a limited series. Yeah. And the best part is that I'm not completely making up the name. No, you're so. not. You just pulled it from where you didn't think about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the limited series launches in February 2020. Um, I don't know how many issues it's going to be, but um, Jen Bartel is doing the covers on them. She does great work. I don't know who's doing. Does it say who's doing? It? Uh, Claire Rose looks like she's doing the insides art, uh, and, and again, I think there's a uh, some preview art in this article. So cool. good for them, and them in this case being the the, the creative team. Uh, Marvel's The Pull List reveals February 2020 title. Speak. So what? You skipped one, did I? Yeah, you skipped the sad news. 
Oh, darn. I did do that. Oh, no. That was not intentional. Um, hold on for a second. Yep. Come on. Come on. There we go. Yes. So, oh, that's why. God dang it. So, what the hell happened? Oh, I can read it. What's wrong? Uh, n well, none. Well, so Tom Spurgeon, a uh, longtime writer, editor, foundational blogger at the Comics Reporter, uh, has passed away at the age of 10, uh, 51. For some strange reason, I don't, that link is not pulling up because I must have did some shenanigans like sometimes happens. Mm -hmm. So, um, rest in peace, Tom Spurgeon. And I believe someone else uh, in the comics field died that I saw earlier, but I can't remember who it was and I didn't get something on it. Um, Surprising news because one, he was pretty young, and two, mm -hmm. um, it, it was there very sudden. And, you know, Tom Spurgeon has been, you know, his name as, as an author and as a reporter on comic book stuff has been around for ages, mm -hmm. you know. Pre, you know, we're talking like, you know, pre, you know, like the earliest days of like CBR, the earliest days of News Around, you know, like he mm -hmm. was doing all that stuff. So I believe I saw um, Heidi McDonald, who also wrote this um, article, uh, uh, said that um, I believe she said the conscience of comics has, has, has left us or something, something along those lines. So right. I know he would definitely was and, and, and other people like uh, Jason Aaron, uh, Jason was it Jason Aaron or Jason Latour? I believe it was Latour. Um, you know, had their condolences and and you know thoughts about him that they talked about uh, over 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 social media. So, like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a blow. And like you said, he was definitely young, and he his voice was definitely felt a lot in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and apparently he's was fifty, not fifty one. So, but I mean, still, still yeah, even it's even worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So, yeah, condolences to him and his family uh, on his loss. Yeah, it doesn't say what, but that doesn't, that's. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter at this point. It, yeah, my understanding is that it was sudden because uh, he had posted something just the other day. Right. Um, so it was, it was definitely unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, next up, though, uh, Marvel's uh, The Pull List podcast. Um, reveals lots of information about the February 2020 titles that are coming out. So uh, host Ryan Panagos and Tucker Marcus put out a lot of news about some new series, including a Gwen Stacy series and a Falcon and Winter Soldier series that is going to be a, a precursor to the Disney Plus series. How's about that? I feel like that was like, duh. <laughs> right. And uh, there's going to be an all-star creative team taking over Conan the Barbarian. Um, the pull has also shared more details about upcoming titles, Ant-Man and Wolverine, and <laughs> shed light on the highly anticipated event book X-Men Fantastic Four. I'm sorry. So, I was like, wait, that, that felt like Ant-Man and the way you said it, it sounded like Ant-Man and Wolverine. Oh, like it was a tie yeah, like yeah. it was a team. That would be funny. Yeah. But no, it's not a team up. They're just respective Separate titles. Books. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Wolverine is the the ongoing we've already talked about, and Ant Man is a, a limited series by Zip Wells. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also X Men Fantastic Four, not to be confused with the the uh, classic. Uh, well, I wouldn't say classic, but uh, the the mini series from many many year ago. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a different one, written by Chip Zdarsky with covers by Terry Dotson. Uh, yeah, apparently that's going to be another 
event type thing that um actually shit excuse me shoot um actually it's kind of similar to the to, to the original joint because it's surrounded franklin richards right which we knew was going to be coming up at some point uh exactly it's been set up yeah it's been up in um, Hawks Pox. So. Yes, it did. So we kind of knew it was coming up. So it just it's just not in the same vein as what because that the original one had to do with Mephisto, uh, if I'm not mistaken. In some I small think you're part. right. I think you're right. It's been a long time since I looked at that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. So this is yeah in line with what's going on with Hawks Pox, like you said. And there you go. Anyway, um, next up. Some little bit of video game news here, and the last one of the, the last bit of news for the night. Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic hands out a free pet in honor of Jedi Fallen Order's launch. So, Jedi Fallen Order actually comes out to, well, at the time of this, um, at the time of the recording right now, it's a little past midnight, just to get a little behind the corners. The today, 11.15. No kidding! Um, yes. Uh, also, Pokemon Sword and Shield comes out today, and um, I've already got that um, on deck, so I will be probably playing that later on, or probably after I finish wrapping up this program. Who knows? Um, regardless, uh, Jedi Fallen Order comes out today. Hopefully, I will get it sometime soon. Uh, but if you are, if you play uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic um, MMO, you can get a free BD One inspired mini pet. Um, if you log in between today. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, wait. Hang on. I'm sorry. Yes, yesterday. Uh, the the the. Well, technically yesterday. The the day we actually record is Thursday, the November fourteenth. You know, sometimes you don't say the years, but we do. Um, thanks, Q-Tip. November fourteenth and Tuesday, November tenth. If you log in between that, you can get your free uh, RE one, which is the um the BD one uh, inspired. By, which BD1 is the droid that accompanies the main character of Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. Um, also, who's being played by Gotham's the Joker, which is crazy in itself. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's the thing. I'm looking forward to playing Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, whenever I get it, I will let folks know when to do, but Pokemon is on Deckington, and that's got priority unless someone okay. wants to send me Fallen Order. And again, if you play Star Wars Old Republic, have at your free pet. Okay. All righty. So we're wrapping up our latest episode and here comes our last ad read for the night. It is for busted tees. This episode of the comic book chronicles is sponsored by busted tees. Your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friend's attention. Busted tees puts many of their popular shirts designs on sale at a discount each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by uh, movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture. All that and more are on sale. To help keep our podcasts free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner. And then shop for awesome t-shirts. Bust the tees through cspn.us. Do it today. There's a picture of Tom Hanks on the on the site uh, and the t-shirt right next to him that says Hanks Giving. There you it. go. So, yeah, just in time for the holiday, folks. 
go check that out. Anyhow, we are at the end of this here Combo Chronicles. We'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for coming out. Um, I'm glad I did the thing with the recording before now because I would have had some issues. Um, so to wrap this all up, you can find us here at the Combo Chronicles. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me also at News News Need on Twitter uh, and CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. I believe he finally did finish his Inktober uh, drawings. You can go check all that stuff out in, in their entirety. Some good stuff in there. Go back and peruse his stuff. I did finish. I didn't finish on time, but I did finish. Okay. I am taking a brief hiatus from uh, drawing to take a break, but I do have some uh, planned drawings just to post now and again. So uh, stay tuned. And if I haven't said so, happy NaNoWriMo because uh, it's November, November National uh, Novel Writing Month. I'm hoping everybody's participating is getting their words out, you know, getting your 15, 1600 in per day or whatever it is to it. Hopefully the words flow free. I didn't don't think I said that at the beginning of the month, but I uh, might have. Regardless, reiteration is always good. Keep pushing, folks. Don't edit. Just keep writing. Um, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Nets on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and his umbrella sites therein. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. TheClickNation.com. CB Cron. That's the uh, the site. That's the account for Comic Book Chronicles. And, of course, uh, Comic Book Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. Some of the articles that uh, we, we had in the lineup was from Tim. Go thank him. Go read his work. Be like, hey, yo, this dude, he's a good writer. Give him some clicks. Um, and with that, you can find us on CSPN.us. Do it today. That's right. The Coastal of the Podcast Network, folks. That's where we at, along with a, a whole bunch of other um, uh, podcasts. You can also find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. And we will be back next. Wait. Yeah. We're good. We will be back next week because yes, yeah, week right. after that. It'll is, be the week, right? It'll be the week before Thanksgiving, right? So. so we, I, I suspect we probably won't have a show then, but we will let you know next week whether one way or the other or whatever happens up at that point. So exactly. until then, good folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. I have spoken. Peace, one. I love it when a plan comes together.